0: Tune in to the Neil Prenderville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM.
1: Come here, wasn't May an incredible month of weather when you look back at it? I mean, was that our summer? I mean, it's kind of like... Stick your finger in the air these days because you really cannot tell. You can't just drop everything when you see a bit of sunshine and get out there and enjoy it because it comes and goes quite regularly. Anyway, that's the deal. Um, You know, you wouldn't live anywhere else though, uh, unless you're stuck (laughs) unless you're stuck in traffic all morning, as they have been down east. A man who's usually in before all of us and pretty much opens up the building in the morning is our own Seamus wheelhead, but he's nowhere near Red FM this morning. Has been stuck in his car. Since half six this morning. Why am I laughing about this? People are tearing their hair out. This is serious. He joins me by phone. Seamus, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What in the name of uh, God has been going on since the crack of dawn?
2: Well, I, I got a message uh, this morning about uh, 5.56, 56 uh, uh, that a truck had broken down and went on fire on the um, westbound uh, lane uh, between Cove Cross and Little Island. And um, so I said i better get into the office a bit early. So I in the car um, all the way to Middleton at about 10 to quarter to 7, 10 to 7 this morning. And I'm only just after making my way to the entry at this stage. Oh my God. Traffic is inching its way along. Um, now, it came over the Bridge of Cove Cross. Traffic in and out of Cove is backed up. There are a number of guards on duty. Now, just, uh, uh,
1: just wheel back for me. Why? Yeah. What happened?
2: Well, it, it's just basically that since the truck went off fire this morning, um in, uh, just, uh, just before the first turn off for, uh, Lyland on the westbound lane, uh, fire and, uh, Gardie are, fire crews and Gardaí were dealing with that situation and it's, uh, now brought under control but there appears to be, uh, they're, they're now mopping up the, the oil spill so, uh, anybody heading into the city, heading into Cork, uh, would want to kind of leave it up later on in the morning, I'd say maybe about 12 midday, or just uh, try and work from home if at all possible. So when the, the accident happened this morning, it meant everything is backed up. So people that are trying to get into cove, it's all backed up. People coming out of cove, it's all backed up. And there's a five-kilometre tailback from... Um, Cove Cross all the way back to okay. to Middleton, okay. so it's basically a the area. Because above.
1: because there was a blaze, wasn't there? A diesel tank caught fire near Carrigtool, I believe. Wasn't that the case? Around about half past five this morning. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I heard people so, on breakfast who uh, have been stuck like you have for two hours and so not moving an inch or just a few feet. Is that the case?
2: It is, but like once you like, if you're coming into the city, what they're doing is they're transferring or uh, they're diverting all the traffic through Glamcon Village. So I I seem to be moving kind of a lot more than what I was when I was queuing to to get onto the ramp at Cove Cross. But um, I mean, this would have been quite. Well
1: this could have been quite serious, though, if it was. It, seemingly it was a diesel tanker that caught fire, and then did some of the fuel start to spill around the road.
2: Yeah, and like uh, and the first day back after a bank holiday weekend as well, you'd expect the uh, the roads would be kind of extra busy. But like, it was lucky. I would assume that it happened at when it happened at half five in the morning. If it was a half an hour later, then we we might be looking at a different scenario altogether with uh, with a lot more traffic.
1: Okay, so a really bad snarl-up that hasn't been roved yet, although they are putting inversions in place to try and get traffic moving, it's very, very slow.
2: It, it is, I know, I believe as well. Um, I, heard, um, I heard there at breakfast as well that there was a collision on the uh, southbound bore of the Jack Lynch Tunnel, so that's not helping matters either. I would okay,
1: um, I'll let you get on or not get on as the case may be, and uh, we'll see you when you get here and everybody else as well. People need to bear in mind that people are going to be late for their place of employment or uh, their appointments today, so do bear that in mind. Right to be Seamus, thanks for the update, appreciate it as always. No you okay, absolutely. Um, a lot of stressful uh, motorists this morning caught up in that, but there's little you can do about it, and people need to cut you some slack, um, come some some slack, I should say. Lines open one eight fifty one oh four one oh six. Paper wise, this morning, of course, we have had many many tragedies, unfortunately, here in our fair County, and one of them, of course, uh, was done in West Cork. We're talking about a single vehicle collision around about um, in and around half past five. Bank holiday Monday morning. This was on the Ken Mayor Road near Glengarff. It's a very windy road. It's a story that many of the papers this morning. The Echo says a horror as two killed and one injured. The deceased have been named as Michael Bowen, age 40, and Tiger, age 19, from the local area. Another man was airlifted to the Cuh with serious injuries. Uh, this morning, the papers also say uh, that there was a, another uh, involved. You know, a, another person in the car, a passenger who's been hailed as a hero. Because he pulled another pal from the wreckage and he revived them uh, with CPR. The car apparently failed to negotiate a very bad bend on the Kenmare Road. I drove that actually a few weeks ago. Well, it is very scenic and very beautiful. Uh, it is a very, very precarious and dangerous windy road up over the mountains and what have you. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, two uh, dead. And West Cork is mourning that. He- here in the city, then, of course, we've had a drowning, and this is a Cork man by the name of Bernard Giesley, well loved. Apparently, he was he was fishing. Now, I'm not a hundred percent sure, accurate what happened. Some say that a line may have been snagged, and somebody was trying to uh, free the hook or free the line. The Echo this morning says that uh, he drowned after going into the water to help his struggling brother. And Bernard uh, lost his life. He was, uh, um, you know, fishing and entered the water near Ballincollig Regional Park to save his brother. The Echo says his brother got into difficulty while swimming, uh, and Bernard, misfortune, he became caught in an underground, an under an underwater current, and he drowned. And there was a big multi-agency response to that with the Coast Guard, Cork City Search and Rescue, Mallow Search and Rescue, Ballincollig Fire Services, and the Gallichecona all. Uh, went to the scene. Salt to the earth is what he, how he was described. It's a story in the uh, star this morning talks of uh, a man who was very much loved. Uh, and why wouldn't he be? Sad, sad, sad stories. And we also, of course, had a, had a, had a death over the weekend. A 94 year old woman airlifted to the CUH uh, following a three car collision the entrance to a a filling station. She lost her fight for life at the CUH on Saturday. It was in the Killa-Yaw area, apparently, on the last day of July. Very, very sad. Quite an amount of deaths uh, on our road. Papers also talked this morning, and yesterday, and all of those misfortunes. Papers uh, today talk a lot about, um, you know, what decisions are going to be made by Neffet. Well, the advice will be given by Neffet to the government, who then will make a call onto whether or not the the pub should be allowed to reopen Next Monday, it's highly unlikely, though, isn't it, that Phase 4, the old Phase 5... Will kick in next Monday. Uh, but the Cabinet will decide on it. They figure today, it could well be today, might be tomorrow. But publicans, you know, urban and rural publicans are waiting anxiously uh, as to whether or not they'll be allowed to reopen. And one has to wonder whether there's some argument to be made for smaller rural pubs to be allowed to open and to behave with, you know, limited amounts of people, limited time on the premises. Your thoughts are welcome on that. We'll come back to it throughout the course of the morning. But many of the papers talk of it today in quite some detail. Some are saying, that reopening the pubs could actually worsen uh, COVID cases and I know that we're getting the daily COVID cases but I think at this stage they should start to give us weekly COVIDs. you know, the average for each week and then we get a much better picture as to where we are rather than the willingly day by day by day which is hard to kind of get a grasp on how things are changing and you know, the spikes you know, they open, they go down. Whereas, if we looked at it across a week or a ten-day period, give be you a much better idea. But will it be D-Day? Um, well, it be Deliverance Day, or uh, you know, or not for the pubs is a story that makes the papers in quite some detail. They call it D-Day today. Bar owners on tenterhooks as the cabinet will decide on, on the green light. Um, some are saying that the big surge in cases will make it highly unlikely. So we shall see. Um, so more on that throughout the course of the morning. Also, of course, there are other issues involving uh, next Monday that will be, you know, like weddings. I think at this stage it's, uh, it's 50, and that includes staff, um, and many were hoping that, that that would be increased to 100 or 150 to 200. The only things you will see numbers changing is outdoor gatherings um, will probably be eased to allow you know, maybe 500 people to attend a sporting events, things like GAA games. They'll probably get the go ahead. All right. Uh, but Cork is no longer, according to the Echo, um, the second highest a county in Ireland with COVID cases that now belongs to Kildare. Um, we do know that 1,556 cases have been reported in Cork since the outbreak of, of COVID, but very few people now uh, in hospital. Um, very, very few. Uh, and the echo this morning drills into that one with regards to the numbers. And we're seeing very, very few deaths anymore. For, and apparently one of the reasons for that is because it's younger people who are now getting COVID-19 and they're recovering. Um, and then I have a story that we dealt with some time back. I might touch base against Katrina Toomey at Cork. Penny dinners on this? And this is the amount of homeless people who are on our streets. I remember talking about this before I went on holidays, having been around the city quite an amount watching and looking and, you know, seeing a lot of homeless people drinking on our streets and congregating. But what concerned me was the huge amount of, big increase, I thought anyway, in young people on our streets. And Katrina Toomey tells The Echo this morning um, that there's been quite an amount of physical and sexual attacks on homeless women who unfortunately a lot of the time are so out of it that they can't defend themselves. Uh, So that's quite sad. Um, And she recalled how recently she came across a situation in the city where she had to rescue a young girl because she found a man on top of her and the girl had passed out, didn't know what was going on. I shall leave that up to your imagination. And, of course, John Hume passed passed away at the weekend at the age of 83, the Nobel Prize winner, all of the papers have just page after page after page. Some described him as the Martin Luther King of Ireland and uh, I heard Mary McAleese yesterday describe him as uh, more of a modern-day Daniel O'Connell. Uh, lovely, lovely tributes to him in all of the papers this morning. There's some light-hearted stories as well, which we'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. Lines open one eight fifty one oh four one oh six. You can text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six.
0: Text the Neil Interville show now. O eight six one oh four one oh six red FM. Yes
1: indeed, the lines are open, one eight fifty one oh four one oh six. Links us straight to the phones this morning. Stephen, good morning.
3: Come on, Neil. Who
1: are you? Listening, good. Um, I know you're an avid, passionate fisherman, isn't that right? And you fish the lee, am I right?
3: That's correct, Neil. Yes.
1: I'll come back. I'll come back to what I had planned on talking to you about this morning in a moment. But can I just ask you because we've had drowning on Lee's side, of course, another man who clearly loved his fishing. And um, h- how dangerous can the
3: lee be? The lee can be fairly dangerous at times, you know, because you'd often see people out in the war fishing and so you know, and when they water off the the dam in the So you can't hear the sirens from the Inishgara dam, so you don't know when the water is actually starting to come a full flow at all. So there two fishermen I believe in the last two weeks have died out in the the lee as far as I know.
1: You know of a, so a second fatality, do you?
3: was there yeah there was another one there it was there in I think Bridge I think last uh, th- was it two days ago I think I think some fella jumped in there a friend. yes I know and
1: I, and I was just talking about that a few minutes t- a while ago but you're saying that there was another another fatality sometime
3: before that there was another fatality was it two weeks ago and there was a man found I don't know if he was fishing or what he right. found by the shed by the the wares by the leaf fields
1: so it, it can be very sometimes it can be very calm and tranquil, but other t- times fast moving with undcons, oh. is it?
3: Yeah, but if you're up if you're off next to the Inishgaradam you can hear a siren going off, but you could not hear that siren going off down in um down by the Lee Fields, you know. <laughs> so you w you know if the water's there, and the race faster not.
0: Oh, it's just
1: absolutely tragic. So you have to have your wits about you then.
3: Oh yeah, you'd have to you'd have to be very careful, like you know, I wouldn't fish in the way or not myself, like say not a salmon fisherman myself, like I would only fish for uh, brown trout. And and are there people that fish on the
1: bank and others that walk out on say say for instance onto the broken areas of the weirs.
3: Oh, that's correct. Me, yeah, you'd have people fishing on the side of the bank for the salmon and you'd fishing people fishing on the on the weir for salmon, but, like, but you've no you don't know when they're going to release the water off the dam, like, you know, so it can be very, um, it could be very tragic, tragic for some people at times, like, if you uh were. We have someone who's a bad swimmer, their way us fill, fill up water, and no, or something oh, like that. They, you know, they have no hope at all, whatsoever. I know,
1: I know. It's just absolutely heartbreaking. This this unfortunate man went in apparently to save his brother who had who had got into into trouble in the water. It's just awful. Listen, yeah, Stephen. What what do you, what are people fishing for on the lee? What, what is it? Salmon? Is it trout or what? Yeah.
3: So on the, on the river lee, you would um, catch a uh, brown trout, which is uh, free fishing. Um, sea trout and salmon, which you wouldn't need a license for. But myself, and my buddies, we don't even go for the brown trout fishing. You know, right? We okay. don't have a, we don't have a salmon license at all. Okay,
1: um, and like, what? How do you, how do you make sure that it's only? Because uh, I don't understand this, but how do you make sure that it's only trout that you catch and not salmon?
3: Well, you notice know, a difference right away. Like, a salmon, a salmon would be would be a big bear of silver about seven or eight pound. Like a brown trout would be we say between half a pound and three quarters of pound to up to a pound. And they're brown then like, you know?
1: But what happens, say, for instance, if you catch a salmon? That would be illegal, wouldn't it?
3: But you'd have to release it straight away into the water. That would be correct. Like, if you kept the salmon, it would be illegal. But if you catch, if you caught him and you'd like it, you have to release him straight away.
1: Okay, okay. So you guys, this is the purpose of my call with you this morning. You guys fish away, it's your pastime, on the banks of the Lee with your rod and your reel for trout. But you're getting a lot of grief, is that it?
3: An awful lot of grief, me. Do you know what? Now it's getting out of hand. I say you're after seeing the videos after have to yourself. Young into scratch me, Fish It's
1: very windy wherever you are, though. Where are
3: you? You're not fishing now, are you? I'm not, no, I, I just have to go for a walk, walk back from the shop there.
1: Alright, ok, ok. So, you, you and your buddies, and lots more besides, fish the lee, where? Out the
4: lee fields, is it?
3: Out the, out the lee fields, by the, the way, it's uh, free fishing from uh, Wellington Bridge upwards to the, to, the, to, the, to the way on the lee fields, there's free fishing, There's Andy the Inland Fisheries uh, website as well.
1: Ok, and you catch brown trout and you bring them home and eat them, is it?
3: Oh yeah, we pass them to family members or right. neighbours, no know it. Ok, so, not. Why, so why are you getting grief then, who are you getting it from? Or we're getting grief off the inland fisheries officers. It's only three officers in particular. I won't name any names over the phone whatsoever. But it's currently been investigated by the head office in Dublin at the moment. And as far as we know, one of the officers is currently suspended as well at the moment.
1: But well, why, why is there grief? Do they think that you're fishing salmon or what?
3: I, I don't know what the grief is but on this, you know. It's it, uh, it, i just started last week like with uh, like we've probably seen the video of the young getting his rod and stuff with the uh, fishing officers, you know. Was, well I didn't see everyone. I didn't
1: see anything with regards to um, a, a rod being snapped, but I did see a rod being taken off a of fella.
3: Yeah, there, there was a rod snapped as well, and there was another video as well. Um, I wouldn't in that video as well, was recording I would talking with you see my friend been kinda of, uh, all right. When fish struck full force into the face, like, but the fishing officer went, they grabbed the phone over his hand, and he actually ended up hitting him into the face with it.
1: All right, I didn't see that. I just saw, I just saw the video ending quite abruptly at the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's fresh. Okay. And why? And why are they saying that they won't allow you to fish?
3: Well, because they're saying we don't have ports to fish there, and it's free fishing on the river Lee. It, it's, go, it's going on all summer, Neil. It's an absolute disgrace. Like, you know, like, fishing should be keeping the young fellas off the streets. you know, And so you don't see any young fellas fishing out there anymore. They're afraid to go out there because they're afraid they're going to get the rods taken off. It's an absolute disgrace.
1: Right, okay.
3: But when they, when they, when
1: the officers come along, what do they say? Like, Do they say, we believe you're fishing
3: for salmon, is it? Well, oh, no, it could be... Maybe try to reel in rods, seeing what pound line you had and all that. Like we like, had an incident there now in, like, two weeks ago, myself and my friend, where uh, two day, uh, fishing officers came over to us and started reeling in our rods. And uh, my my friend of mine there actually started recording them, and they wouldn't give him back the phone until he deleted the recording because he's only given a four pound breaking strain. If you hooked it to a salmon with four pound breaking strain, it, it would snap the line straight away and it would snap the rod.
1: Have they caught anybody, though, uh, actually landing salmon?
3: Not as far as I know in needle anyway. I haven't been caught anywhere because they don't fish your salmon. when he fish your brown trout.
1: So they looked at the, the line that you're using, four pounds.
3: Yeah, I, 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 yeah when the and when they then there was only um, a, bit of, a small bit, a block of Calvita cheese on the hook. Is Calvita what they like, is it? Oh, yeah, the trout loves the, cheese, the Calvita cheese, all right, yeah.
1: I mean, I think it's awful that you don't manage to get it all sorted out between you because it's a great pastime. If you, you know, if you're oh, I, safe I, about it. Oh, i, I,
3: I Neilie loves me, but the acting at the moment, like they should be, they should be working and like doors and say, come the they're harassing people and throwing people into the floor. It's an absolute disgrace. Like, well, I'm not like, so
1: sure. Sh- like that's for other people's jobs. Like not the like the inland fishery people have their own jobs to do. Now we did we did ask them to comment on it, and they had very little to say. They said all the incidents referred to when we and we we gave them the incidents that have been happening recently that you've been describing. They say that all of those incidents referred to may be subject to prosecution. So, Inland Fisheries Ireland are unable to comment, but they say there is no substance to any of the allegations of assault being made by the likes of your good self. So, that's as as, as much as they say.
3: I I do have an email on my... um on my computer there at home and I can can fax it on you there if you want. You may have to send it on to my local politician as well to try and raise raise the dial with the Minister minister of Fisheries to see what the situation is going on at the moment. with It's an absolute disgrace. But is this
1: this a very important time, forgive me now if I'm wrong, but are salmon, I'm told, going upstream and there's lots of them because they're going upstream to spawn?
3: Usually around June time. And they uh, and and when the season closes, then around the end of September they will go upstream into and they spawn.
1: So maybe they're just a little more wary of the salmon who are passing you guys.
3: No, maybe maybe that's what it might be as well. Like, but they're coming over, and, and they're coming over to bully. I meant. Uh antics as well, like, you know, right. and, like, and that's not as well. And like, they're hunting all the young fellas away from the like, the young fellas are afraid to go fishing out there as well, like. And you, and
1: you say they'd be better off spending their time elsewhere and let people get on with their pastime, doing no harm to nobody.
3: Oh, exactly, all 100%, right. like, you know, because I, I, I grew up fishing out in Beverly, like, and this year has been the worst I've ever seen with uh, fishing officers out there, like, you know, one of our recordings there is getting over 35,000 views on Facebook, and people are giving out stinking to about the fishing officers like, like, one comment you know, some fella from up there up the north, and actually remember, 25 years ago, the bailiffs actually taught them about the fly fish and the put worms on the hook properly and everything and all that and they never had any hassle with it whatsoever. And those
1: days are well gone. Hold on there, I feel like, because Alex the a fisherman who fishes the lee. Alex? Hello Neil, how are did, you? Did you? Did you go up fishing on the lee? Myself? Yeah.
5: Oh, I would have, I, I, I'm in my 40s now, but i say I haven't casted a rod in probably about 15 years myself. But I suppose, um, I, I, you know, I don't fish at all. I, do, I don't really fish these days, but it was only through social media that, um, that it kind of alerted me to what was going on, where I saw the, um, the, the first one on the video of um, the fishery officer breaking uh, Youngfilla's rod up in the Wellington Bridge. And I instantly knew um, the same officer. All right, I'm
1: not interested in in, in anything to do with identifying anybody who no, would be I'm just going about their job. I'm, I'm just... I, I, 100%, no. But at
5: the same time, it, I had a very similar experience at 25 years ago, when I was about 16 years old. And um, just, um, you know, it, it, as far as what I could see, was the one that I don't know, but I know the clip that Stephen was talking about, and... There was Stephen and his friend, um, which was another issue or another incident that happened up in the turbine, which is on the Leo side. And in that, there was uh, two videos circulating. Uh, uh, there was another young fella in in that with a with a red top on, and basically uh, the the officers just came up and um, there's no questioning, there's no kind of real talk. You asked earlier on to Stephen, like about. You know what do they do when they come up? Do they ask you a
1: question? They don't. Like what they do, it's just straight into intimidation mode. Um, well, I mean, I saw the videos. There's no, they don't talk about anything. They're, they're very calm during the job. I have to say. Well, it's, it's to be honest, I they show their identification when they were asked.
5: Mm-hmm. how many times were
1: they asked me uh, yeah but they don't, they're they're not being in any way confrontational, they're very calm about what they're doing, mm-hmm. now whether they're right to be giving people grief or not, I don't know um, mm-hmm. okay, okay, th- okay. like, yeah. like you, people are telling me that with a four pound line you can fish the lee for brown trout uh, and Alex mm-hmm. uh, sorry, Stephen told me that they're using four pound lines A little bit of calvita cheese, it's their pastime um, and they should be allowed to get on with it. So I don't know why there's this standoff, you know? Has it always I mean, when you were fishing no, he, as a kid, was it like that?
5: Yeah, 100%. Neil, I think there's a bigger issue here like that. You, uh, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to City, but like that, that appears to be just being glossed over at the moment, right? And I tell you from my experiences here that this is policing brutality, of the rivers, and it's unnecessary force that's being used. You're saying that you're you think that they're carrying out their their um, their jobs in a calm manner. Well, I know I'm allowed to speak about this case because it's being rejected by the DPP, right? And there's the, I I have uh, two video clips of an assault that happened up in that happened in Glanmire about three years ago. Okay, and it's clearly evident um, that. You know, it's it's the, same, it's the same fishery officer, by the way, because I recognize... All right, okay, friend. you're going, you know, you're, yeah. if okay, you
1: personalize okay. anything in this regard, I'll stop the conversation.
5: All right, fair enough. I, I, okay, so the, the two clips that I have, right, clearly show um, the young fella, uh, Jason and... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm
1: not actor. interested. I, really, like, this is going to be your last chance, and if you do this again, you're off. Okay alright fair enough yeah. so he, he was being
5: asked the, the young lad was being asked uh, you know details and whatnot. and and um, before he knew it there was another three officers coming down and they were searching him and um, before he knew it he was attacked and I believe that you are in possession of
1: that uh, video footage if I'm not mistaken ok well that one I have not seen I did see stuff that was oh. sent at the weekend but nobody laid a hand on anybody else and anything that I saw I'm just trying to work out what the problem is. Are there other people, for instance, jump in, Stephen, are there other people who are illegally fishing for salmon who shouldn't be and you're being tired with the same brush? Is that maybe the reason why?
3: Well, I haven't seen any people illegally salmon fishing out the way or the shared. mean honestly. You know, they're packed across the way where the water works, they're they there for over eight, eight hours a day just watch over in the bananas to see what's going on, they're parked in the, the garage in the straight road just packed there seeing see what's going on. They over once the next, they the river, they go back over into the Jeep again, they sit there for the day until the shift is finished.
1: And both of you are claiming that a young lad's rod that had a four pound line break, breaking strain was broken by an officer.
3: No, it was, it was my friend whose rod was um, actually snatched by a So you can see it, like, it took them three and a half minutes to identify themselves. When they first came into us, they should have clearly identified themselves in the Inland Fisheries office. Until we asked them to identify themselves,
1: was it they snatched or snapped? Had... Which?
3: there was no. Um, it was no rod snapped, but it was snatched without any identification. All
1: right, but or Alex, you you are claiming that a warden took a 16 year old's rod and broke it. Yeah,
3: so yeah, he that, was, yeah the that was top, yeah, that's, that's of the, 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 the rod, just, uh, com- yeah, he caught the top of the rod
5: basically with his two hands, and yeah. he he snapped it and. Um, Basically, he kind of just started saying, You broke it, you broke it, you broke it. And we continued to reel in the uncle's rod, and it was in pieces. And going back to Stevens' one there, which I saw two video footages of in the back of the road where the turbine is, um, the, there was another officer that caught the rod in a very similar manner as to kind of say that he was going to snap it. Yeah. And to be fair to the lads, I would say they're a bit older than the uncle that is, uh, the 16 year old lad that his rod was snapped in the wedding Bridge, but the lads, you could tell they, they kind of weren't putting up with it too much um that you know, they instantly recognised what he was trying to do and um but that wasn't snapped that rod in particular. No, Neil, the only thing that I would like to see come out of all of this it's just some type of common sense uh, because I did see there the the lad that Stephen mentioned uh, he was as far as I know um, a fishery officer up in Connemara 35 years. All right, you're doing
1: it again. You're you're off the air. Sorry about that. That was your last chance. So that'll leave you with that. Stephen, let's talk a little. Yeah. So, my apologies, Alex, but I did warn you. Um, you know, with regards to a bit of common sense, how how can this be resolved? So the young fellas or whomever can go out for a bit of fishing and fish for what they're allowed to fish, which is brown trout. How can that be fixed?
3: And, He's been honest, I don't know because I'm African at the head office up in uh, Dublin and they're, uh, and they're currently investigating it as well at the moment. Like, so like, this is a- absolutely getting out of hand at the moment.
1: Are you going fishing today, tomorrow, or when are you going next?
3: Uh, do, do, um, if, the weather dry, if the weather clears up today, I might go for the cash today. Like, and, but more than likely, I've been underrated ourselves today. Like, I'm only going to be harassed by him again. All right. like, I, 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 I've advised every people out in the way, if any fishing officers come over, report them straight away. Because once you record them straight away, they back off and they don't use their, their body boy mentality But anymore. is that
1: not, can I just not ask you about that, is that not intimidating people though by taking out, you're whipping out your phone and filming them?
3: It's not really, because they have body cams on them as well. So
1: they're filming you, you're saying?
3: They're filming, yeah, they're filming us as well, they have body cams on them as well, so I wouldn't class that as an intimidation at all, Neil.
1: All right, um, listen, if you do... That, that's as much as I can tell you with regards to the response from in, inland fisheries. You're saying that they can't comment because there could be court cases, but they're refuting any allegations that they're heavy-handed or over-the-top about it, you know?
3: Yeah, but you've seen the video that my friend there recorded. You can see the fishing officer pulling up his sleeves and going over, ready to grab the rod and ready to snap Like, well, he knew, like, we are we are older than the... And the young who got his rod snapped, like, so... So, like... Like, what's going to happen one of the days is, like, either a fish is probably going to get hurt, like, or a fishing after is going to be badly hurt, or a young fellow is going to I be know, badly hurt. I know, know. I, mean, that, I know, I that, know. That, that's the way it's head, heading at the moment.
1: All right. Well, if you do go out today or tomorrow, will you come back to me and let me know if anything changes?
3: I will, of course, Neil. Thanks very much.
1: All right. Take care, Alex. Oh, sorry, Stephen. Take care, Stephen. Much obliged to you, and to Alex as well. Um, I guess people fish the lees for, lees for centuries and centuries. Wasn't there a time, I don't know whether Steve's still there? He's not there, okay, that's okay. There was a time years ago when uh, there was all sorts of stuff going on with people, straw calling for salmon. Uh, Maybe somebody who might be a little bit of the older generation will remember and be able to explain... What all that was about. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 106 You can text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six, and we'll pick it up after the break.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show, on Twitter, at NeilRedFM.
1: he says, by text this morning, you can't win. Stuck in traffic for well over two hours down in East Cork, and uh, three guardia carried two around about her causing more issues than helping. I guess it's a tough one, really and truly, but for people who are stuck all morning, my heart goes out to you, because there's nothing worse for stress and anxiety levels, particularly when you have appointments, so you're trying to get to places quickly. Um, now, just, um, just as a way of to illustrate the situation that the government have to, um, you know, make a decision on, uh, today. Just two different ones for you here. I'm writing to you regarding, uh, the large number of COVID idiots that are risking public health. If the scenes that we witnessed on Saturday night are standard practice, we are staring down the barrel of of a second wave of COVID-19, even before the pubs and the schools reopen. My daughter checked Snapchat late Saturday night to see what was happening in Cork City. She checked into the city... Uh, where she was shocked at what she saw in a popular Cork City entertainment venue. While it appeared some bar staff were wearing face masks, the clientele that packed the venue were freely hugging and kissing each other. There was no signs of food. People were seen dancing with each other. And others were seen hanging off the bar area. Is it any wonder the incidence of COVID-19 or in the increase in the young population when social distancing is non-existent? This was Saturday night. It's shameful, this carry-on that we saw. As a family, we are high risk. We can't mix because my son is a chronic asthmatic and has swine had swine flu as a young fella, so he already has huge anxiety problems. He's afraid to go back training in the GAA, as they already had a confirmed case of COVID in his team a couple of weeks ago. My mother has leukemia. She's also high risk, So this kind of carry-on that was witnessed in a Cork City entertainment venue at the weekend drives me so mad. So many rules were broken. We all want to get back to norm- normality, no doubt about it. But while COVID cases are high, the behavior of these establishments is absolutely shocking. We're talking about um, um, reasonably late-night activity in late-night entertainment venues. And that strikes me as weird that they're even open at all, considering that they don't seem to be serving any food. Uh, and then another one here Uh, my husband uh, has been sent home to self-isolate to get uh, a COVID test from work, he works away from Cork and his co-workers are COVID positive, he's just using this, this is a woman who says my husband is just using this as an excuse to party, he's drinking in two local bars and she names the two bars Um, neither have any restaurant licenses uh, one of them makes you pay €9 euro entry, supposedly for food, but it's instead for two pints. They do, they do pass out chips and sausages to share during the night, free of charge. I've told the guards, because my husband went to the Liverpool match in one of them and the bar was packed. I'm so worried because he is now coughing and sick, but continuing to go to go both bars. The guards said they will not intervene that my report was a domestic matter. Uh, This is not about domestic abuse in any way, shape or form. It's concern for the community. Please contact the necessary people to report these bars who do not have HSC registered kitchens. My husband, I know, would not be able to pay for the 9 euro meal every day he goes to the pub. So obviously the rules have been broken. The 9 euro is actually for two pints. Don't give up my details if you read this out but I would hope you will share my letter. Michael O'Donovan is the chairman of the Vintners and Side. He also has the Castellan and joined by phone now. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I know that you are hearing those two case histories for the first time right now.
6: What do you make yeah. of them? well Neil look at, first thing is I would urge all our members and all the publicans across Cork the guidelines are there uh, for a specific reason and we would be hoping that the vast majority are following the guidelines um, look I suppose you've all seen the Gardaí have said the first weekend they expected over 6,500 uh, 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 visits to pubs all up across Ireland um, since then it's been a multiple of that I would say by now it's up to around eighteen, 19,000 visits mm. they've had yeah, these, uh, these two
1: pubs Though this was last week, and it's been going on not just last week, but she says for the Liverpool match, which was weeks ago, there's fun-up bowls of fish, of chips and sausages, and the nine euro supposedly for chips and sausages. Uh, is actually the equivalent to three points.
6: Yeah, look, Neil, that's going against the guidelines. It's going against everything uh, from a vintners organisation that we've been saying so far. Um, we would urge those publicans to please follow the guidelines because um, they're probably making it more difficult, to be honest, for the rest of the pubs that are closed to get open. So, like, they're, look, they're doing it wrong. They shouldn't be doing it that way. I think, look, the lady there re- referred that they don't have a kitchen. Um, I think there's a bit of confusion uh, out in the public well, at the
1: moment. All, all, you, all you need for chips and sausages is a deep fat fryer. Yes, you Get that ch- for 50 euro in your local co-op.
6: Yes, but the, the requirement at the moment under the guidelines is that you need um, a food management safety certificate. Um, so there, you don't really need a kitchen. if Once you have a registered food management certificate, that's the requirement that you need for food at the moment. So lots of places that wouldn't have kitchens would have a food management system. So they qualify uh, to open doing food at the moment in that regard. So, so, So a basket of sausage and chips will do it, is it? Well, once it's a substantial meal and costs nine euros, um, like there's no definition of a substantial meal. And
1: then if if that nine euro then is free chips and sausages and two pints for the nine euro, that's all right, is it?
6: No, that's not okay. You Um, see, that's what
1: must make it frustrating for the pubs who who aren't open.
6: It does, Neil. Look, I I can say on a personal level... uh, very good customer of mine. Customer of mine rang me personally uh, about two weeks ago, and he was in a bar, and he said the same thing as what this lady is saying. And like it is, it's it's very frust- on a personal note. It's very frustrating when we're still closed, and this is going on. And um, our pubs are, I suppose, uh, bending the rules, changing the rules. But the rules are there for a purpose. And look, we would be urging all members, as I said, to follow the rules as they're laid out, because the the, the more that follow the rules, and the vast majority are. Following the rules, to be fair, um, as good as they can.
1: So, like the the, the COVID nineteen positive cases are for forty fives and unders. Vast majority and much younger than forty five. Saw video footage at the weekend of a particular late night establishment on Lee Side. I think this is what Trisha in her email is talking to me about. Where the establishment seemed to have no food whatsoever, very very busy, and people partying like as if it was this time last
6: year. Yes, well, look, I've, I've seen a few of the establishments in the city and, like, they are doing it very, very well. I don't know what establishments this lady is talking about, but, um, look, all the ones in the city centre, they are definitely doing food. They have the, the requirements. And I think where people, um, I suppose, are getting a bit confusing, the rules were changed on the 5th of July. Um, they were updated, the guidelines. And if you do two-metre social distancing now, which a lot of the bigger bars in the city are doing, there is no time limit on your stay in there so uh, they have DJs playing and people are sitting down and you know uh, singing with the songs and sometimes at the table they do stand up Um, but I know that uh, that in, at individual premises in the city centre, have uh, security staff that go around and just remind them to sit back down again. So they're they're doing it as good as they can under the guidelines. But I think the people was I was I the way when these guidelines changed?
1: In what way did they change? Did you say that if you keep two metres away from the table next to you, you can stay all night?
6: You can, yes. The time limit was taken out for the two metre distancing, so it's only, if you now do one metre, you have to still adhere to the 105 minutes. If it's two metre, there, there is no time limit.
1: And what about food?
6: You have to still have food, but, Neil, look, if you're in the premises for four hours, you can have the food at the start. So if somebody comes in, um, say, after two hours and doesn't see you having food, you potentially had the food at the start of your your four hours. So uh, lots of people have been saying this. but So why can't pubs
1: just do that, then?
6: Um, well, how do you mean the pubs? Well, More like, like if are you can... Like,
1: so if somebody goes in sits down in a pub that's open that serves them food they can just go in and eat and they drink away all night like but other pubs then where if you have a meal at home you can't go into a pub
6: No, you have to have, you still, the food requirement is still there um, under the two metre distancing. So, like, this only qualifies if you're doing two metre. If you're doing one metre, as I said, you still have to follow the 105 minutes. But most of the big bars in the city right now um, are doing the two metre social distancing. Two metres and a meal and a meal, but there's no time in
1: Okay, okay. So what are you expecting to happen today? And do you think that maybe it might be a case that smaller pubs and rural pubs of little capacity, 40, 50, maybe less, will be allowed to open?
6: Um, Hopefully, Neil, because, look, there, the vast majority of the members of the Nurse Federation would be family-run premises. And, look, I suppose, three weeks ago, we went through uh, a a very stressful week, which people probably don't realise that uh, we had to order in stock to try and get open. And also a lot of the pubs had, you know, like, would have two, three staff, maybe one or two part-time staff as well. So they all had to come back and be trained get certified under the HSE requirements um, to to work in the premises, so uh, it took place uh, for many three weeks ago for, for that week and then they were back on the payroll so like some of the bars has been carrying a financial burden now of paying out wages for the last three weeks and potentially going forward um, and like still not open with no income coming in um, look, yesterday I the it on the phone to me practically crying because um, uh, the bank loans the, say the, the holiday of paying your loans uh, ends on the first of August, and will kick back again in September, and like lots of them have real concerns that they won't be able to pay their loans um, if we don't get open in this three-week period to build up, um, I suppose, the cash flow to be able to be in a position to pay those loans. So it's a really worrying... I understand uh, what you're
1: saying. Like If you can't reopen Monday, will yeah. there be a compensation package for publicans
6: then? Well, that's what we're, 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 we're asking government for because look, other sectors that have gone through, uh, I suppose really difficult times have been compensated, um, afterwards. And look, if we don't get to open next Monday, we will in effect be going to six months closed for three and a half thousand pubs across the country and like, I don't know of any other business that could survive six months closed and still be expected to turn the tap on on a given day, maybe in September. Where's
7: your resp- like where is
1: your social responsibility in all of this, Michael? You know, the numbers are worsening, or at least they're certainly climbing. Um, they you know, the re- of- Jerry Colleen is saying reopening pubs will worsen
6: the rising levels of COVID. But the only thing is, Neil like all the bars that are open at the moment, it's 40% of the bars nationally are open. There has been no case to date linked back to any bar. We're, like most of the bars are following the guidelines. They're checking the staff every morning and coming to work temperature checks. And the staff have to fill out, fill out a daily questionnaire. Like the guidelines are there for the, the people to have food um, and follow whichever social distancing guidelines are there. Yes, there are some breaching it, but the, like the guardies numbers... Uh, are still like out of 18 roughly 18,000 inspections to date there's a little over 50 pubs that have been um, I suppose I, ordered to close Well or, I know
1: but that letter from a very concerned wife who clearly can't talk to her husband uh, identifies two pubs where he's drinking every day Yes I look those pubs And I know, my, I know that but my, my, my point is she's spoken to the guards about it and to the best of my knowledge those pubs are still continuing to open and serve booze
6: every day well, I presume the guards have gone in to check it because that would be their job to do it. And like, they like, I know individuals have concerns, but if the guards go there and check the place, and um, the, the public must be doing following some, and um, or you know, the guards would be happy in a way that they are. So the guards would see
1: that it's sausage and chips for nine euro, two free pints on the side, and they're okay with that.
6: Well, look, I, I can't answer what the Gardaí should be, uh, would be saying, but look, the two free points on the side for the nine euro is not in the guidelines, I can say, so that shouldn't be, but look, Neil, the, the, the vast majority of the cases that are out there at the moment, we've seen the pictures from Cove, from Kilkee at the weekend and numerous other places around the country, um, like if the bars were open, a lot of these I, I suppose people might be in the bar scenario, and the bar scenario we would be piecing, you know, two metres social distancing or one meter social distancing where these instances are far more worrying when they're going to the house parties that we know there's she beans being built right across Cork City and Cork County here and across the rest of the country and like there's far more people going into those I suppose house parties and like there's more than groups of 10 going into all of those houses Um, and like that's a, a major concern because there's no control in those environments where at least in the bar environment there is uh, there is control. So
1: would it be, could, yeah, yeah, I agree with you in that regard, and I, I'm seeing more and more uh, photographs sent to me of, um, you know, not just house parties, but also people gathering in woods and in uh, different urban areas, uh, drinking outdoors and leaving all sorts of junk behind them. W- would there be an argument then be made, or has been made, that smaller rural pubs, the ones that, you know, the, the smaller family businesses, uh, where they'd have little clientele in the first place anyway, should be automatically just allowed to open?
6: Well, look, I suppose, Neil, as I said, the vast majority of the pubs that are still closed are the smaller family pubs, because they don't do food. So, like, uh, it, it would, like of our, our 3,500 members that are closed, like, the, the vast majority of them would be the smaller pub. Um, like, here in Cork City, if you go around and look at the pubs that are closed, they are generally right. the smaller pub. So, like, uh, it, it, it would be a case today that they, like, hopefully, please God, they will say, look, you can open... Give us the guidelines. We're well capable. Like we're a highly regulated industry, uh, as is. So to give us guidelines, we will. But you know what they say:
1: when the drink's in, the cop the cop on's gone. You know.
6: it is, but Neil, we'll still be there working. So, like, um, you know, if people start moving around or, you know, getting up from their tables, we'll be there to just remind them to say, listen, you have to sit down, you have to keep your social distance. Like, it's our business. So we, 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 we've we always followed guidelines in our business. Okay. So we'd be well capable of following the guidelines yet.
1: OK, so if you if you're a betting man, what would you be betting on today?
6: Oh, if you asked me last week, Neil, I would have said we were... Pretty much, you know, guaranteed. I think to open on the tenth of August today with the numbers last, uh, I suppose, last six days. Really, um, I think at best it's fifty fifty today.
1: Okay, thanks for taking the call, Michael. Let's see what happens. We'll take calls after ten one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. And as Michael says, he and many other publicans who brought in stock, sent it back, brought in more stock, have now another decision to make by tomorrow as to whether they keep that stock. Or send it back yet again, back after 10. The Neil Prendeville Show.
2: With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie.
1: Oh, but don't worry about that. We've got some wonderful gifts to give you uh, this week, courtesy of ourselves at the Oriel House Hotel Bar and Bistro. And they're open, and they're awaiting your visit, and they'll be happy to see you. So we have overnight B&B stays for two uh, in their Ellison Tobin collection bedrooms. Very luxurious. A beautiful, actual beautiful hotel. Did a wonderful job. Uh, really, over the years, in what was a fabulous, fabulous old house, old home, a big old, old uh, it was a Georgian a Victorian beautiful home, and then of course they uh, added on and added on and up with they ended up with the most beautiful hotel. So right across the week, we have fifty euro vouchers to give away for the bar and bistro. So you get six of those daily. And we'll open the phone lines on that just before midday. Uh, So you'll have lunch there, a bit of food, a couple of drinks. Uh, And uh, closer to the weekend, we have the overnight bed and breakfast stay for two of you. So that's courtesy of ourselves in the Oriel House Hotel Bar and Bistro. You can get further details on everything they do at OrielHouseHotel.ie. I'll tell you some more about that uh, later in the day. So for calls and texts and everything, you're all in a big draw. So get texting and calling on different topics of conversation that we discuss. Text 868 Pick up the phone on one uh, So today is very much D-Day uh, for pubs, and we're not necessarily just talking about people who want to go in and have a drink, but businesses and places as well of employment. There was an article in the Mail this morning where one publican was quoted as saying that a public house isn't just a place where people go to drink. In many areas, it's the beating heart of a small village where people need company. Now left isolated for months on end, they're suffering alongside those who serve them. So it's not just somebody who's desperate for a pint or a G and T but also for business owners who are looking on the barrel of March, April, May, June, July, and now August. So almost technically six months. Uh, I got served alcohol in a place on Saturday night with no food. Some people were ordering food, but we were never asked, did we want it or not? Uh, Morning, if the government pause uh, phase four again, but still allow the pubs and restaurants that are open to remain open, then all pubs across the country should be allowed to open if they're confident the government will have two options open to them. One, leave all pubs and restaurants open. Or two, if they don't allow that, they need to close them all. Thank you for that text. Text 0868104106. Ger, good morning. Hello, How are you? Okay, you went for a spin at the weekend.
4: Yeah, I went down as far as you all Oh, Bank Holiday mm-hmm. Monday yeah.
1: yesterday. Okay.
4: Yeah, except yeah, my wife. We went down to you <laughs> So we went for a walk down there, and we decided to go for something to eat, and I heard about you, you were on about plenty there four, four or five weeks ago. Great spot, great food, yeah. yeah. So we were going there, and there was all two tables taken on the outside. So we said we'd try it, so we went in, one way in, one way out, and there was hardly nobody in there. Now the manager came over, and he said, have you got a reservation? I said no. He said no way. Now there was hardly nobody in there.
1: Yeah. What do you mean, no way? Like, there must no be more of ahead. a reason given.
4: No, no reservation, no food.
1: Okay, so they're operating only bookings, is it?
4: Yeah, well, on the door outside, it says nothing about reservations. No, there was a couple behind us, and when we were leaving, he asked them, and the girl said she has none as well. So we were waiting, the wife was saying, if they're going to get taken, you know, i in there. Yeah. So she came out. she said, that's madness. There's nobody in there. There's nobody out there. We could have been stuck in a corner down the, down the outside area. No problem. Four of us. 100 euros. He, he just lost 100 euros.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are... like I I don't want to be going on about my holidays, but it was a way fast couple of weeks and I was driving all over the west of Ireland. A lot of places were
4: booking only. Yeah, but it, that's no problem. But there's nothing on the door saying oh, reservations only. So we just walked in, and there's hardly nobody there, and they're on about business. I mean, by the time I sat down, I'd have a pint, the wife would have a, a, a mineral, one pint of mineral in the main course, in and out, three quarters of an hour, 50 minutes at the max.
1: So your point is they're, they're literally turning business and money away that you were willing to spend.
4: Exactly. So what would have two main courses, a pint, and I'd 50 euros, and I'd say the same for the people behind us. So that's 100 euros in one hour.
1: Could it have been a case that, because we will check with them, incidentally, I don't know whether the lads have already ahead of your phone call, um, but could it have been a case that when you went in it was quiet, but 15 or 20 or half an hour later, they would have had a lot of bookings coming in and the tables would have been taken?
4: But maybe so, Neil, you're saying a half an hour, 40 minutes would have been gone. If we were to the seating area, there's hardly nobody on the outside seating area to in the table on the corner and we'd have been gone. I know, I know, minutes, I know. Minutes.
1: So this was your visit to y'all because that's where you wanted to go. Um, but something to eat. And get something to eat. But it was somewhat spoiled because you couldn't. Yep. So what did you do?
4: Do you know what we did now? On the way home, we stopped at Bob's Kirkware. we will take half a We had two fish and chips for a quarter of the price and it was lovely. <laughs>
1: okay, so at least you got fed. But, but we, Yeah, uh, but unfortunately... And I mean, we'll check with them as to what their policy. Is. You're saying that because it is rather large in there, but there was only two tables that anyone was sitting at.
4: Yeah, and so, outside there, it was large, and there was only two tables taking there as well.
1: Why do you want to be turning around, good, turning away good money then? I don't know.
4: How was your incident? Was it busy? It was very busy. Yeah, there's a lot of people around, but there was hardly no empty But the Strand was busy, was it? The Strand was busy, there was people walking up and down, and it was fairly busy. Okay, what time was that at? It was about
1: half four. Half four in the afternoon, okay, all right. I need to check that and uh, see what they have to say on the matter, because uh, as as I say, I don't want to preempt their response, but there are establishments who are saying they're not doing walk-ins, booking only in advance, you know.
4: But you mean we were up in the void after Sunday at a table for three and the chap asked us had we reservation? And I said no, it's basic minutes you got us a table.
1: Right. Um, but but you did tell them in y'all that you wanted to eat.
4: Oh, yeah, okay. that's what we want to do. Okay,
1: okay, okay. All right, okay, we'll see what story is there, because, um, you know, maybe they mightn't be aware, though, that, uh, you know, th- this could have been a staff member making a call that maybe the management no, mightn't no, be... It was, a, it was a manager. All right, okay, I'll check. All right, all right Ger, appreciate okay. that. Thanks so much. Uh, quite on. an amount of text on this, as you would expect. Um, pubs have been closed since the 15th of March. Yeah, I'm saying technically six months. Off-license have been open all along, which is ridiculous. The ore rate is important. But the pubs are not responsible for the rise. All people saying they shouldn't open are probably working and getting full wages. As a pub owner, we need to pay bills. We need to support our families. We have kids in college and we have families to feed as well. Are many of the people who are critical of pubs reopening, I wonder, in their own ivory tower, working away and happy out? Uh, Pubs weren't the first to close. Schools were. And I don't think people have realized schools are supposed to open in phase five. I doubt they'll open in August or September if we haven't reached phase four. Well, some would say that opening the pubs might have a detrimental effect on getting schools back. Um, OK, Clancy's, which is very uh, sad for a jar because he missed a great food experience down there. Podrick uh, joins him by the phone from Clancy's. He's the owner of it, actually. Podrick, good morning. I'm good. I just wanted to to let you know that perhaps you mightn't be aware that there are people who want to eat and and weren't able to do so. What what are your thoughts on it?
8: Yes, uh, that gentleman that's on your show actually it was me who who met him at the tour yesterday. Um, I know the gentleman walked in. It was an empty restaurant, but we were fully booked. Uh, twenty minutes later, um, you know, we had a hundred and twenty reservations coming in at five thirty. Um, that gentleman you were speaking to came in at about five five past five. Yeah. So it's it's not reservations only. We take in walk-ins. Obviously, we're not going to turn away business being closed for three and a half months. That's the um, thing.
1: You said, I couldn't understand that as to yeah. you know, why. Would unfortunately,
8: work? unfortunately, Neil, there's a lot of people coming to y'all, which is fantastic. You know, like that gentleman and coming out for the day, but from all over Ireland. Um, and there's only four to five of us that are open in y'all, which you know we can only cater to probably eight nine hundred people um, a day. You know, meaning the whole town of you all are even yeah. a little bit more than that. But um, you know, we have probably four to five thousand visitors coming to town. It's impossible to feed them, and the thing about it is, is, it's not a reservation only. But people are emailing, calling, and and ninety percent of the time we're full. You know, so unfortunately we couldn't serve that gentleman. But you know, that's the way it is.
1: Okay, but wha- just just as a by the way, had he, was he told that we're actually booked out and full?
8: Yes, uh, <clears throat> when that particular gentleman came in and a couple behind him told them. that we had no availability for the night, that we were fully booked.
1: Because it would be economic suicide for a business to be turning people away when you're empty. So that was the reason you were actually booked out.
8: Correct. Right. I mean, I, I do understand people's frustration. You know, they, they walk on the beach for the day and they want to come and, and have, have a bite to eat, whether it's in fancy's or any other established town. But as I said, you know, everywhere is booked out. Everybody's making reservations. Um, you know, this time of year in August, it's very hard to just walk into a restaurant and have a, a table available. I do understand the frustration. Um, obviously, you know, the gentleman said that we, we would only be 20 minutes, a half an hour on the corner table. But if that table is booked at 530, the next guest comes in, table's available. they're going to be upset. So, you know, they've taken the time to make a relation with us. And, and you know, we obviously want to have, have the table available for them. So that's that's what happens in this case. And there
1: are less tables because of distancing?
8: correct we have we're down to about 75 to 80 percent occupancy so we have less tables to serve and 50 times more people than, than we would normally have in august yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's, it's it's quite hard i mean i i do understand people's frustration but it's quite frustrating on our end when people get upset with us but i mean, I mean we don't want to turn anybody away As you that's said, what i couldn't
1: understand i mean who'd yeah. want to do that that's
8: suicide not at all. I mean, it would take anybody's money in a sense of trying to keep open and trying to survive for
6: the winter. Yeah. Know?
1: Are you surprised, and, and I've been all over the West, and I really have to say that Irish people have stepped up. And they are out there, and they are holidaying in Ireland. Have you been surprised by it?
8: Yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, people in Yale, we've seen them from Donegal, from the North, Mayo, uh, Sligo, Galway, Wexford, Dublin. It's it's people that you normally don't see in Yale. Um, this time of year, you know, they're all here, which is absolutely fantastic. But the disappointing part about it is that, that we can't serve everybody. I mean, uh, to me, that's why the pubs need to open. The smaller pubs that serve, you know, s- salads during the day or sandwiches uh, and, and feed these people, you know. so
1: And a lot of the establishments in rural towns, like y'all, remain closed because they're small pubs, is that it? Where they don't normally do food or they're small restaurants that with reduced seating just wouldn't be financially viable, is that it?
8: Yes, yeah, but man, I think I think with the summertime, it's August. I mean, people sit outside on a wall, if you a sandwich, you know, drink a bowl of soup. I mean, the pubs have to open. Uh, and and I understand, that you know, with the virus and, and the two metres, we're at two metres. You know, we don't have to be at two metres. We actually have to be at one metre, but we're at two metres. And if there's nothing coming in at all, at least give them a sandwich. You know, make, make them a sandwich and a bowl of soup. I mean, it's going to bring in money. It's going to open up the pubs. And, and it'll take... You know, the off the other restaurants that are open, because we're not the only one with the with having a problem with trying to turn tables. You know, the whole of Ireland is because everybody's staying at home and, and the Irish people are supporting it, you know. So it's to me, you have to open the pubs. Okay. Would you be optimistic that that would be the decision today? Uh, I need to say. I don't know. I really don't know. I, okay. just, I just hope they do. You know, I mean, I see in you all, we have five or six of our main pubs that are closed. And, uh, you know, they need to be open. Because
1: so. they because they don't do food. That's why they're
8: closed, is it? Well, no, there's one or two of them that actually do, um, but they're quite small. So, yeah. you know, we have a, yeah. a great uh, pub in, in the town, and in, in the top of the town called the Duke, and they do an absolutely fantastic salad and sandwich and so on and so forth. And they don't serve food in the evening, time. And, and um, you know, if they were open yesterday, that gentleman who, who called, we could have sent him in there. I mean... When that gentleman comes in, or most people come in, we don't want people to leave you all. You know, we want. Oh, I know,
1: but I think you understand from his perspective. He walked into an empty restaurant
8: bar. Pretty much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Know, I, would, I would probably feel the same. You know, but I mean, people have to understand we're not turning people away. I You're mean, booked out.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, can I just ask just before I let you go? Um, is the table then set aside for a period of time, disinfected and cleaned, and let to sit there for a period?
8: Well, yeah. What, 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 we're, what, what we're doing with the guidelines is, if, if there's a reservation, at, say five thirty, um, the people have an hour and forty-five minutes, and then it, it gives us fifteen minutes to, to clean and reset and take the next reservation. But unfortunately, excuse me, a lot of people don't don't get that, or they haven't been listening to the news, and they want to have another beer and so forth. And again, can. We want to serve them another beer, but we can't. We have to turn the table. So you know, we're going by the guidelines, but then. You know, it, it's, 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 some of the backfires and people get upset
1: with us, but again, again, we just have to go away it. Okay. I'll let you get on with it. Uh, the very popular Clancy's, you've got a book ahead. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for taking Cheers the bill, call. You might get lucky with the walk-in. I saw a restaurant actually, um, don't know what county it was because there's quite an amount of counties up the west of Ireland, but there was one very funny thing that I saw. Oh, I, I think I know where it was. It was up in Harvey's Point. Fabulous hotel. Harvey's Point up in, uh, in County Donegal. And they put this giant egg timer, they disinfect and clean the entire table in the restaurant, right? Tables and chairs and everything, and reset and everything. Then they put this giant egg timer on it, and they turn the egg timer up, and the sand falls through the egg timer. I think it takes maybe 10 minutes. So after the clean, the egg timer goes on it. 10 minutes later, when all the sand goes through the egg timer, then people can sit on it. I thought it was very wacky. Uh, just a good idea. You know, it also looked well. Uh, incidentally, a lot of the photographs in my, my travels around uh, the West and all the way up to the Giants Causeway and what have you. They're all on my Instagram page if you want to have a look at them. Might give you ideas to what you might want to do on a bit of an old break in our beautiful country. One thing I certainly noticed is car ridges all over Ireland from different counties in Ireland where people are holidaying at home. And I was very proud to see that actually. And I tell you something, the amount of caravans um, and uh, camper vans on our roads at the moment, it's fantastic. There's just so, so many. You don't see a tour bus ever, but camper vans and caravans big time. Back
0: after the break, text 0868-104-106. Call the Neil Prinville Show now. 1850 104 Red FM. I mean, I may mean,
1: have missed something, but uh texter here said, you really should be fact-checking the man for the Vintners Federation. He said, once you have a meal for nine euro and social distance two metres, you can stay all night. Um texter says, I don't believe that's true. Well, I asked him, I mean, did that happen when I was away? And he said, yeah, th- those rules changed. I think what he said was, that if you have a meal for nine euro and the distance from the ne- you and the next table is two meters, you can stay all night. But if the distance between you and the next table is one meter and you have a meal for nine euro, you have to go after your 105 or whatever minutes. I think that's what he said. Um, maybe that's why you had so much uh, of the videos at the weekend of people who were parting in, in one particular late establishment Uh, On Because you couldn't ask any of them people to leave after an hour and a half. They just wouldn't wouldn't do it. I mean, it would be impossible to do it. Anyway, somebody says, I heard a story of a Cork sports club having a night out in a popular bar in Cork. And they asked the people attending to disable the COVID tracker app or to leave their phones at home. It's a disgrace. Um, Somebody else suggesting uh, that we should just all hunker down together, close all the borders and open all the pubs. We're being told we did a great job keeping the virus at bay. So let's enjoy the bit of summer that we have. Let's enjoy our Ireland. We're not allowed to travel out of our country. So close all the borders and let's just get on with it. Uh, Mind you, you have to ask, you know, like, what are you going to do with all of the home drinking? Because a texter says the alcohol sections the supermarkets aren't closed. Uh, It can be bought cheaper. Open the pubs where it's going to be monitored. And all of the house poor parties then will either uh, diminish... um, and if they don't diminish, they should be reported uh, to the Gardaí. So thank you for those. There are texts there with regards to a tradition on lee side for hundreds of years, and that is fishing on the Lee. So just a few of those from earlier on this morning, where some of the people who are fishing saying that the bailiffs, or those who are monitoring the fishing, are becoming a little too heavy-handed. Uh, would you like if you had a 16-year-old son whose rod was broken by a bailiff, Neil? No, I would not, particularly if he was adhering to the rules with regards to the, um, you know, four-pound breaking string uh, on the line, and if he was fishing trout and wasn't doing any harm to salmon? No, I wouldn't. I'd be very annoyed about it. The problem, another person says, is fish have more rights than people. You see every year, with all the flooding we have, because the rivers are protected like banks, uh, and people's property doesn't matter. Uh, the fishery boards have more power than the guardie. Stephen, on the air with you, is a casualty because of people, it says here, poking salmon, I hope that that's correct. Uh, The fisheries board have a heavy hand, but a lot of fishermen take the mickey, which makes the officers' jobs harder. Uh, I've got many a sea trout many times on the lee with a four-pound line and cheese. On the subject of inland fisheries, the fisheries specifically pick on certain people. I've had personal incidents with them myself, including abuse and them threatening to push me into the water. Kios text comment text two eight six eight one zero four one zero six and let's stay with that because there are other texts I see as well. Sorry, uh, if Catherine was on six, she's not on six now. So you might be okay. She's on five. Gotcha, Catherine. Good morning.
9: Good morning, Lee.
1: Do you you have any? Do you have any evidence of? You know, do you fish the Lee or is it secondhand? Yeah. No. Okay, so it's just, it's just, you just have a comment it's an on
9: observation. it. Um, observation, um, You know, I'm, um, I'm the grand aunt of uh, Greta Thornburg, I joke, but um, <laughs> the important thing you just said there a few minutes ago was if they're adhering to the rules. Now, my my take on is I agree with the wardens, and I'll tell you why, because the salmon do this um, uh, they go up the river by instinct and they're, you know it, we as we, humans, I mean we know what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do and if we disobey the wardens and um, um, uh, by accident if you like, and I put that in inverted to catch um, salmon we are destroying the ecosystem and I think that but
1: the um, lads aren't fishing for salmon, they're fishing for trout and they want to be left alone to get on with their pastime in peace
9: I I understand what you're saying, and if that's exactly the truth, well then so be it. But I mean, can you over can you overfish trout as well? I just think that we as humans should be more intelligent. Apparently, we're supposed to be the higher species, and we have to respect um, the, the animals that are. Bear, I mean, you just look at Castletown Bear and, and the um, factory ships that come in from Eastern Europe, and our own fishermen in Castletown Bear are restricted r- ridiculously. Yeah, and I, know, I, know. I do remember about a couple of months ago where the, um, I don't know, for some reason perhaps these factory ships weren't coming in, but the fishermen. You know, Castle Tell Bear brought all free fish to supervise yeah. and all yeah. the rest of yeah. it. Yeah. And
1: uh, the, the price that the fishermen are getting for fish is shockingly low. And I can never understand that because, to my knowledge, they are the only people that I know of, no disrespect to farmers, but fishermen are the only people who risk their lives yes. to put food on our table. Um, yes. But, but, but y- you know... That's a different story for a different time. These are people whose pastime is fishing the lee for a couple of fish. I mean, are you saying that that should be outlawed because fish have <laughs> rights? Is it?
9: Well, why not? I mean, you know, we just you know, with all these um, uh, wet places in Wuhan, for example. You see, if you if you do, what's that what got to, to do with later? anything? Like, these are people. With, what's that got? To, what's Wuhan got I to do with a fellow catching a trout on it? the lee? If we I know it's an it's an enormous um, difference, but I'm just saying if we don't respect um nature, it will come back to bite us. and I just hope that um you know this i I heard thing about it has to be a four. I have no idea about four it, pound, pound know, break
1: and strain, yeah, four pound break and strain for trout. And
9: that can only catch trout, is it? these are
1: these are the regulations apparently i don't I don't know. They say four pound break and strain for yes. trout, and they say a uh, 20-pound breaking strain would normally be used for salmon.
9: Yeah, and also, I understand that you have to have a licensed fish, salmon, and I presume also you have to, you have but, to con- obey the laws and so much Yes, but if you a have, a, if you have a, teenage,
1: if a couple of teenage lads who aren't drinking or bushing or acting the maggot or robbing cars, and they're up on the lee with a 4-pound breaking strain line fishing for a trout, mm-hmm. why would they be intimidated?
9: Well, I mean, th- that's the question you'll have to ask the wardens. Like, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm only hearing what I hear on the radio. But yes, I I mean, uh, I think that, I mean, I must say I do feel terribly sorry for the youth of today because in my time, I mean, I had absolute freedom of everything I knew, no restrictions. And so, yes, I do feel sorry for youngsters of today that, um, you know, they, I, I know these house parties are going out of um, context and all the rest of it. So on the
1: one hand, you have all of the house parties exactly. and the carry-on up on the College Road with all the maggot acting, and then on the other hand, you got kids being hassled on the banks of the Lee, doing a bit of fishing. Makes no sense to me.
9: Well, you're right, and therefore, so the warden's most... I mean, they have to... To, to understand what you have just said, which is a very good point. If they are doing this, and not, as I say, creating what they did up in Kilkee or the house parties, uh, the college there. Um, uh, you know, I mean, you, they have had have some freedom. You know, I mean, you know, you, if if you are not allowed some sort of freedom, and that's why I agree that the pubs should be open. But they, I don't drink, by the way, but that's why they hear that. Okay, I all
1: right. But, but all right. Do you
9: eat fish? Yep. Yeah, sorry? Do you eat fish? Yeah. You do? Yeah. But I can afford it.
1: Well, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot if you eat fish and say we. Because you're saying people. You started the conversation by saying that people shouldn't fish. But
9: that, that, that do fish every day because I can't afford it. Right. I'm a pensioner at this stage, okay. you know. Okay. So when when that's why I remarked about supervalue when they brought in all the this fish from Castletown Bear. That's not stolen from the fishermen of Castletown Bear. Yes, I could afford it, but generally speaking, I'm, I'm a, would be a vegetarian unless I can okay. sometimes eat fish. Okay,
1: okay, appreciate that. Thank you. The response from the fisheries was all the incidents referred to may be the subject of prosecution. So inland fisheries Ireland are unable. To comment. There is no substance though to any of the allegations of assault. That's as much as they had to say when we contacted them with regards to people fishing on the lee some other because I would love somebody to explain to me i mean is it a case that the inland fisheries officers are are doing what they're doing because there are people up there who are fishing for salmon without a license and so therefore unfortunately some of the consequences and the casualties of this are the lads who were up there fishing for trout would somebody maybe explain that to me i've fished that river for 25 years with all the licenses you need but let me tell me some of those officers down the years have terrified anglers uh, taken their odds and have fines handed out. Fishery officers, Neil, have no right to make someone delete footage on their phones. It is illegal. Even the Gardaí have no right to do that. Morning, I fish for salmon myself on the lee on a regular basis. Uh, yes, some of these young lads are indeed fishing for trout and causing no harm. However, there is a huge problem with young lads pucking salmon around the weir. I don't fish there anymore, as two years ago, my friend got a punch off a young fella at the weir for confront, for confronting him about pucking salmon from the river. So pucking is a new term to me. Uh, Is that the old word we used to use? Was it straw calling? uh, Back in the day? Anyway, come back to me on that for those of you that are in the know. Text 0860-8104-106. Back after the break.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM.
1: Great text on this, I can tell you. Morning, Neil. The biggest issue is off-licenses. This is the cause of all of the spikes in covid and house parties as well, hence the age of those that are testing positive. Pubs now are operated on a two or t- two-tier system. Smaller pubs will suffer because larger pubs can sell pizza. Another one, yet again, off-licenses and pubs are being blamed for everything. Grown adults over 18s continue to be exempt from the law, is it? Um, as in, you're back to the old story of a bit of cop-on, aren't you? Garth says, most young people don't drink in pubs because they can buy alcohol at a fifth of the price in supermarkets. That's why you're having so many house parties. Two pints of cider in a pub will buy you a litre bottle of cheap vodka in certain supermarket off-licenses. Never a truer word. Some supermarkets need a special booze checkout these days. It's like a trolley dash in some instances. House parties should have mo- no more than ten people at them. They want to close the off-license section in shops, Neil, because the ordinary off-licenses are losing out as they're dearer. And people are buying it now in supermarkets. People have to find drinks somewhere. And that's when they will hit the off licence section in shops. People can't go anywhere for a drink or meet up. Where are they going to go? They'll buy in the off licence section of the local supermarket. I can tell you there is no guarantee that august tenth will be the opening date if the number of cases keep rising because of house parties. They are not helping. Also, opening up a border for tourism isn't helping. They've locked the front door but the back door is wide open. In all of the travels over the past two weeks, I didn't hear one single American, oh I once, just once ever. All of the people that I saw and came across uh, were Irish. Everywhere I went, Irish or Northern Irish. Uh, I mean, it was amazing to see the amount of people that are now traveling and getting perhaps to see Ireland or areas of Ireland for the very first time. Uh, and that's very nice. So there's more of those. Um, it's a 2K fine for not wearing a face covering on a bus, but there's no fine for having a house party. It's crazy, says Paul. People are going to pubs and just getting drink and not food. When they arrive at the pub, the bar attendant is giving them a receipt. Um, what pub are you talking about? To go in the door, here's a receipt. You know, Now you, any guard comes in. That's what you've eaten, kind of carry on. Maybe it is happening, I don't know. Margaret's got a pub, rural pub. Morning, Margaret. Good
10: morning, Neil, how
1: are you? A rural publican, you've been closed for a long time. Ballinacurra, is it?
10: That's right, Jane Jackals and Ballinacurra.
1: And you would have closed in the middle of March, am I right? Closed on Sunday the 15th of March. And who would your customers be? Give me an idea of your pub and your clientele.
10: Well, in the morning time, when I open at half past ten, there would be mostly old-age pensioners who come in for their morning pint and their chat. All would be gone by one o'clock. They'd just sit there and chat away and have a bit of crack. In the evening time, I'd have some of my clientele coming from work. So my suggestion would be that if we could open at half past ten, close at two o'clock, and then reopen at half past five, even until ten o'clock at night time. It so would help us, you know, with our cash flow, it would help us to pay our bills, and everyone would be happy.
1: Okay, so from 10 o'clock you have pensioners in for a couple of... From half 10. For half past 10. Yes. And then from, from about 1 o'clock or half one, it's very quiet across the it's afternoon. very
10: quiet in the afternoons. And then I'd have my regular evening crowd, and then I'd have what we call them my nighttime crowd.
1: All right. And the evening crowd would be those going home who would stop in for, what, like half an hour, an hour, They'd
10: stop in, just to meet up and chat away about the day, and chat about their sport, and uh, just get together, and then all go home. And then I'd have my, you know, my nighttime crowd. Now, they would all be very happy if they could have their couple of pints and be gone home at 10 o'clock.
1: And do you think that that would work, open half ten to two, close till five, open from five till ten?
10: Well, if that was the low Neil, we'd all abide by it.
1: Yeah. And would it be, like, you're you're talking on behalf of many rural pubs where your capacity would be, how many?
10: Well, my capacity would be, I suppose, about 50. Right. I mean, if we had it down to one metre, obviously, the numbers would be down. If it was two metre, it would be half again. But at least give us the chance to open and... Um, you know, get our cash flow going.
1: Okay. And do you do you look in or, or check in on the pensioners over the last four, or five, maybe six months now? Is how have they been getting I on? I am
10: r- regularly on the phone to them, and they are all absolutely heartbroken.
1: Are they very lonely and isolated, many of them?
10: Some of them would be living on their own isolated... Others would be, you know, just at home with their wives and they would all be just waiting to come back. I mean, some people, they haven't seen one another since the 15th of March. And, um, you know, they would be sitting at home trying to pass the time.
1: But what about if you had a pensioner then in the pub at the same time as maybe somebody who was considerably younger, who had COVID-19, didn't know it, and passed it on to the misfortunate pensioner?
10: Well, the I mean, you can say that of any place. You can say that of a supermarket. You can say it of a petrol station. You can say it of no off-license. You can say that about anywhere.
4: And do you think you'll be able to
1: survive, um, you know, with those, that pubs will be able to survive with those limited opening and closing times?
10: Well, I think they would if if we just got a chance to open and see how things would go.
1: Okay. And ha, ha, has that pub been in the family for many years, Jack? I can,
10: I can trace the license back in my family to 1878.
1: Frikey. Yeah. Handed down from generation to generation.
10: Handed down from my dad to me, from his mother to him, from her grand-aunt, my great-grand-aunt to my grandmother, 1878, I can go back in my life.
1: And you know what? There were many pubs like yours that closed in recent years that will never reopen. It had nothing to do with COVID. It had more to do with drink driving, the aging population dying off, um, the smoking ban. Many of those pubs are gone.
10: But we we all worked around those laws.
1: You managed to survive through them?
10: We managed to survive through them all. I mean, my my lads now that come in, their wives drop them off and I get them a taxi home at night time.
1: I know, I know. I wonder, will there be maybe a special dispensation made for small rural pubs as opposed to bigger pubs in cities, you know? We'll have to see. Well,
10: I personally think there should be. I mean, I'm just a small pub at the side of the road. And like my customers, we're all friends and they're not customers. We're all we go to one another, communions and confirmations and weddings. We're all very, very close knit
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know your I know your pub. I was in there once ever with a brother in law of mine who now lives in Australia, Steve Caulfield. I don't know if you remember him.
10: I do indeed. I remember Stephen well. He was an Arsenal supporter.
1: <laughs> For his ins. he still he still is, but he loved your little pub. He really and truly did. And I'm sure if he's listening overseas, he'll be a little lonely for, you know, those happy days.
10: Well, tell, them, tell him I said
1: hello. I will, Dad. And before I let you go, Margaret, you know, you talk about 140 years, the license on that pub. Has there been much change in all of those years to the actual pub? No. Isn't that amazing? No.
10: Yeah. A bit of new furniture and... Obviously, new television sets and what have you. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, with my clientele, I could go back and their father's coming in, their grandfather's coming in. I know. It's just a little hub by its own.
1: I know. Well, let's see what the day brings over the next 24 hours in the decision. Fingers crossed Thank for God. you guys, all right?
10: Okay, thank you very much, Neil.
1: It's been a pleasure talking to you, Margaret. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye now. Take care, take care. Rural Republican down in Ballinacora. Lines open at 1850-104-106. You can text 0-880-104-106. Neil, pucking is a version of straw calling. And straw calling and pucking is the lads can't and see the fish. Um no, that makes no sense. When the lads can't see the fish, they cast and whip. No, I need a I need a more I thought it was when they can see the fish, they whip. The hook under the fish. I mean, they call it maybe it's not very sportsmanlike, I think, but isn't that what it is? So, m- m- more explanation needed on that one, please. Can I just say that prinking existed before COVID? Don't think that it's anything like prinking. Actually, prinking is pre-drinking, where people gather together in one person's home and they have. Uh, A few jars, whatever, and then they head out late. Prinking existed before COVID. Everyone is responsible for their own behavior. It's not the pubs or the off licenses. As usual, the so-called government want to divide and conquer. The only new normal is going to happen when people stop voting Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael (laughs) over and over again. (laughs) Um, As a warning, if the pubs open too soon, then a month from now, we'll all be back to square one. The U.S. opened early. And they had 70,000 new infections in one day alone. A lot of texts on this. I'm very glad that I'm the older generation, says so Um I'm very glad, sorry. I'm very glad that the older generation have found their sca- scapegoat for all of the problems with COVID-19. I've had to give up my holidays. I've went three months without seeing friends. I lost large amounts of money. And now people are trying to tell me I shouldn't be allowed to get a few hands on the weekend after working all week. I've seen countless older people having house parties, not wearing face masks, coughing and sneezing openly in public areas. People wonder why young people have no respect for older people, because clearly older people don't have any respect for us younger people either. Well, you know, in, in fairness to you, if you're just going out buying your few cans and taking them home at the weekend after working all week long, there's nobody in any way, shape or form discriminating against you or criticizing for that. There we're talking about house parties and the younger generation gathering in. 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s in particular houses so it's a different thing entirely text 86 8104 and remember for those of you that are calling texting and getting in touch this morning there's some great prizes to give away all week courtesy of ourselves and the oriel house hotel and bar now on friday we've got an overnight bed and breakfast day for two people um, and it's going to be a wonderful wonderful opportunity for you to take a loved one or whomever you choose with you for an overnight at the Oriel House. But every day we have 50 euro bar and bistro vouchers to give away, six of them per day for a spa lunch or maybe a little bit of dinner of an evening. So those um, to do every day between now and Friday. It's a shortened week this week, um, and we'll do those around about 10 to a quarter to midday. All right, so if you're texting or emailing or getting in touch, there could be one for you. 50 euro vouchers every day this week. Further details at Oriel House, Oriel House Hotel. Dot .ie. Uh, lines open one 850 104 Back after these.
0: Text the Neil Prendergaston now 86 Red FM.
1: Letter earlier on this morning from a wife and mother whose uh, husband has been sent home from work because somebody tested positive and he is just using it as an opportunity Uh, to go drinking on a daily basis. She needs help. She says that her husband sent home uh, to get a COVID test for two weeks. He works away from Cork. One of the workers was positive. But he's just using it as an excuse to party. He's drinking in two local bars in Cork. They're named bars here. Neither of them have restaurant licences. Uh, the owner makes you pay €9 euro on entry, supposedly for food, but the €9 euro is actually for two pints. They do pass out chips and sausages to share during the night for your charge. Been on to the guards. Um, he even went to the Liverpool match in the two bars, and both of them were packed. Uh, I'm worried because he's coughing and sick, um, but uh, continues to go to both bars. The guards said that they wouldn't intervene, that it was a domestic matter. It's a concern for all of us, she says. Um There's no talking to... There's no talking to your husband on this. I assume that you have sat down with him and, uh, you know, asked him to mend his ways and cop himself on, but uh, I'm imagining you've done that, but he's not listening. I I don't know what your relationship is with your husband. Not great, I would think, if he's doing that, and you have said it to him and he's continuing to do it. But that is one of the examples that you can give from areas where we've heard of pubs flouting the laws and coming up with things. In this case, it's chips and sausages. But... There have been issues, of course, with domestic, domestic abuse and some of it is physical, some of it is verbal and some of it is both and some of it is bullying. Like, for instance, uh, Roisin got in touch because Roisin actually um, volunteers three nights a week with a crisis text line. The text line is 50808 um, and she says that she has been um, communicating with individuals in all sorts of situations under the sun. And she has an amazing Organization that she helps with, and you were talking recently she said about domestic violence cases increasing she says there 's a massive increase in depression and anxiety because of recent months. You know you trace it back far enough when people couldn 't go out and then they were restricted to two kilometers and then and then five and then twenty. She says that she 's talking with all sorts of different people, and do let people know that there are crisis text lines for people who might be feeling lonely and isolated. And the one she was referring to was 50808. I want to say thank you to Mick Mulcahy for sitting for the past couple of weeks. Did a great job, as he always does. Very reliable character and a fine broadcaster. But apparently on Friday, he did read out a letter uh, from a very lonely lady. And I know that you guys reached out. Um, and I want to touch, touch, touch base with that because he may run out of time on Friday's program to deal with many of the texts She's suffering um, and uh, feels very alone. And I will come back to that and recap on it uh, after 11 o'clock this morning. It's an example of people who are lonely and isolated. And I always find that when, when we read out stories like that or have conversations with people like that, that the phones light up with people who want to help and to share and to say you're not alone. So that's lovely. So a little bit of that after 11 and lots of besides. But with regards to poking or straw calling, um, one man who knows many, many things about life on the lee is Liam O'Higgins. He joins me by phone. Liam, good morning. Good morning, Edith. So this started off, the- thank you so much, this started off earlier this morning with lads saying that they're being harassed with their rods fishing for a bit of brown trout on the lee. Um, right. But of course the worry is Sam, who are going up to spawn and might be resting in areas of the lee. Do you know what I mean? Did you fish as a kid?
11: I did. In Bachelor's Key. and we'd stand on St Vincent's Bridge. There'd be shoals of mullet come up the river, and I mean shoals, you won't say mullet, no at all. And in training the mullet, you'd get a salmon. And there was one particular guy who was he's still alive, and he was a fantastic fisherman, and he'd cast out. We'd be just popping him out with um, our, our puckers. But this guy What's
1: would, a pucker, though, you see? You could have to explain a, this to
11: me. A pocker is like an anchor of a boat, with three little bear, um hooks on it. They were welded together. Right. And we, just, we the puckers in the um, keep shop at the bottom of Michelin Street.
1: <laughs> my mother worked there. <laughs> well, uh,
11: I am part bought a pucker off my mother. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, oh my God. So this had three hooks on it, and you what did you do with it?
11: You were tied around to a bit of wood out a bit of the fishing line. And when the, the, the mullet would come up, you just cast off in between the mullet. They were shooting fish in the barrel. There was shoals upon shoals of mullet coming up the river. And there was a pipe there by of Sullivan's in General Place. There seemed to be hot walk or whatever. Sewage at all. Sewage. They were they're eating all, sewage. They're all, they're all, yeah, exactly. And they all gather there. There was always salmon. They just call them pale. A young salmon in between the mullet, but these fishermen they were kind of professionals. If you like they knew exactly what they were looking for. We'd be casting in and just poking out the mullet, but they'd cast in and they'd see salmon, and they'd maneuver the they'd line up and just. So out
1: those the salmon, salmon. those those things you describe, those pokers with three hooks on them, they don't they don't sound very sporting to me. I'm sure we were only kids. We didn't know anything about sport at it Just just fun for us, you know? Right. And are, th- are they are those implements being used now?
11: I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're illegal, actually. But you see, Neil, we there was little flat fish that did shimmering up against the, the key wall, you know? And we'd be leaning over and we just put the puckers down, drop the puckers onto them and just whip them up. They were like a place, you know,
1: your place. Yeah, OK. I suppose and, people were feeding families with that as well, weren't they?
11: Well, and then there were kangaroos. We had uh, stuff and um, great fun kangaroos. They were called lampers. And I filling out back in the 40s or the 50s, which is what I'm talking about. We don't understand what I'm talking about. But if I live from around the market, we don't understand that. Because I was one of our favourite pastimes, getting st- going out fishing for them, the flatters, the eels and the
1: mullet. But didn't, didn't people go draw calling for salmon and then they'd some to restaurants, wasn't that the case?
11: Correct, or the
1: styles in the English market. But they can't, like you can't do that anymore now because the salmon has to have a tag on it.
11: Actually, there's first rules and regulations now. I need. We you sell the mullet with the two, two old pennies for a mullet in one of two favourites. <laughs> city. I often wonder was I eating mullet back in the day you can be sure you were alright <laughs> I know it was before your time i have gone back to the, in the I don't sometimes
1: if you don't know what you're eating that's the best thing you know that's having oh, thing something do, you'll, you'll think you'll kind of like tomorrow. if somebody if somebody were to serve me blindfolded and told me that it wasn't tripe and drachene I probably would eat tripe and drachene it's seeing oh. it annoying what it keeps <laughs> me away from <laughs> 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 I was no uh, you, know, you how far from the top? Go on. All right. Well, thanks for the explanation, Liam. As always, appreciate it. So, I'm just wondering whether or not this pocking and this straw calling is still going on, um, and that people are illegally fishing salmon using those means and that that's what the bailiffs are very kind of antsy and
0: worked up about. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show.
1: Yes indeed um, and a lot of stuff you know we talk about um, whether or not pubs will reopen again um, as to whether or not people can have bigger weddings and what have you and then others are talking about um, you know the fact that sporting events will let maybe 500 a lot of ga places and soccer and things like that maybe that'll be announced in the next 24 hours or so don't give them details on this for many reasons but i work in a school that is having a communion soon and i know for a fact that there have been 400 people invited to the communion in the church and they will all turn up if not more than that, because we have some large families in the school. But a number of things concern me. Firstly, the people that have been invited don't know how many have been invited. And on the day, under the pressure of being prepared for the occasion, they won't have an option but to attend and to proceed. So the 400 people uh, doesn't include people who would be attending Mass anyway on the given day. And typically, wouldn't they be older people um, who'd be at a high risk? number of children who are due to make the communion are currently in the U.K., They are families with travel heritage and traditionally go to the UK for the summer, uh, visiting extended families. So I'm pretty sure that there will not be a high level of compliance with a 14-day quarantining period upon return. You should raise this issue. From what I hear, it's the same in other parishes. And it's an unnecessary risk coming down the track at a time when we need to combat this virus before returning to schools in a few weeks' time. Communions can happen in 12 months. There's a mass every weekend and the children could be incorporated in smaller numbers over the next year or so instead of mass gatherings. Well, I don't know anything about that where you'd have 400 people in a church at any time, even during a communion. But can I just add my two cents here? I work as a store manager in a supermarket and what I've seen over the past couple of weeks is ludicrous. I had one family come to the store with one small trolley. There were four adults and two children with no masks, walking around laughing and joking. If people like this can't act responsibly in the middle of the day, what hope have we with pubs at night? This virus hasn't gone away. We need people to act responsibly. It is one person per trolley. Please leave the kids at home. We all need to work together. Can't talk on air as I have to deal with these lunatics in the shop on a constant basis. So thank you for that. Well, we'll have to see what they decide on. It could well be this afternoon. It could well be tomorrow. I have a feeling they will make a call on it today and make an announcement Uh, late this afternoon or this evening but you can never tell with them really and that's the fact of the matter they so badly need to open the pubs uh, they open them in the uk and everything is grand it's such a disaster for people who are on their own they will suffer more and more from depression so thank you for all of those i'll come back and jump in and out with text between now and midday back to the phone lines we go this started the morning for me this morning fishing on the banks of the lee mark good morning Mine is. Are you you aware that it seems to have stepped up the tension on the Lee these days between people who are fishing and the bailiffs?
12: Yeah, you see, what's happening is that all along around the Lee now is club. Club bottles. What does that mean? You have to be in the fishing club to fish on the river.
1: All along, from where to where? I know the mouth of the harbour.
12: It was always from the top of the Lee fishing, say, by All the way out to Innescala. Past the dam. And that's ah. free then again from there on. And what about from the
1: Anglers Rest in along then, which would be the back of the Kingsley and places like from that?
12: The leaf fields, so far, up, from the Lee Fields, even further up, from above the Weir, there's a farmyard up there on the Lee Road. From the farmyard down, right down to the, the coast actually, down to Black Rock, was always free water. And that's where we fished all our lives. Okay. But nowadays, that's the only a little bit that's left, and all the young lads can't even fish there.
1: Why can't they fish there?
12: Because the is reckon that, like, some could be fishing for trout and they're like, some could be fishing for salmon at the same time. Like, a salmon could take a trout bait. But if you're a decent fisherman, you just bring in the fish and let them go again. Like, I used to fish for salmon years ago, but I don't do anymore because the stock's going down so much.
1: The stock, you're conscious of the stock, is
12: it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because okay. they're a beautiful fish. They're the nicest fish in the river. And I know they're tasty and people like them and people still sell them to the restaurants and stuff. Especially the first salmon in the year. But um, no, I could. I can't. I can't see the justice of kill them anymore. Like,
1: but you see, I'm trying to see it. I'm trying to see both sides in this. You know, the lads who were there doing a bit of fishing. There are areas where they can do that, and they're not breaking the law, are not there?
12: Yeah, yeah. That, okay. that both sides are really all the way down, especially from and Mary's know Marymount No, down the other side. Yeah, that was always a very popular spot So. That, that, as far as I was concerned, that was always still free water. The only bit that left.
1: But there is an area that is still free water, is there?
12: there always that piece from the Lee down from the Lee bats. I remember the old Lee bats. Yes. Me myself. Yeah. We actually went to mine together. Excellent. But we weren't in the same same classes. All right.
0: Okay.
12: Yeah. You went between? We well, there between seventy four and seventy seven. Oh, we don't. Do we know each other? No, we've never met. We know there's people I know that you know. Ah, uh, lovely. It's, it's really weird because I,
1: you know, isn't it amazing? I, I never see anybody from school in the barn all those years yeah, ago. Yeah, there's really never str- been
12: reunions from that
1: era. No, never heard no. of any. Never no. heard of any. So, there are lads now who have a pastime and it's fishing for trout with a four pound breaking strain line.
12: There's no way there's been a salmon in the, well, one of them unless they're for 20 years. But why
1: then are they getting grief? If a bailiff comes along, sees their rod, and sees they have a four-pound
12: break be in. Shouldn't be done. Not with a four-pound line. Like, I could bring a salmon in with a four-pound line. But that's how i are at for fifty years. I'm all oh, no, Jesus what? Yeah. But to, 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 to hassle lads like that, the lads that haven't had any trouble to anybody.
1: You see, that's what, I, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's a pastime. They're, they're entitled to do it. They yeah, could yeah. be doing an awful lot worse with their time. Exactly, especially but, these days. But then again, why would trained bailiffs or people working for fisheries At be the giving truth. them grief if they didn't have a reason to? I don't know. You know, you
12: always get an apple in the mouth. You get every bailiff that comes into the field hassles their is do one, one or two. I don't know,
1: you see. I don't That's know. I don't know.
12: But it, like it's illegal to take it. like like the lads were saying that they would take the rods off and then they went to the forest. That's illegal. He can't take the rod off him unless he can prove that he's illegally fishing.
1: And well and I, I saw a video fish. I saw a video of a fella's rod in the hands of an official.
12: Only if he's illegal. If it's illegal he can take it if, if and he can take like even if he puts a, like I'm going I'm going back a few years now, but even if you caught a salmon illegally long ago and you put the salmon in the back of your car and a baileth him around, car and all is gone. If you've caught a fish illegally and it's in your car, your car is gone.
1: That, when you say a fish, you are talking about a salmon? Salmon.
12: Yeah, we, call it, we used to call them fish. The <laughs> fish come up the river. That was it. Everybody knew that it was a salmon. So you were poaching then, were you? A long ago, yeah. yeah. That's how we have got a few bucks. We had no money then. We had no money back in the 70s. Like. Like it was a penny for a five. What did you do with the salmon then? We sold them to restaurants, Chinese restaurants, any restaurant to take them, fish shops. We just catch the mullet and send it to a big uh, exporter in Cock at the time. I won't give a name.
1: And with the money then, would you bring it home and give it to your mum?
12: We give it to the mother and we buy new gear then as well because back then the reels wouldn't be as good as they are today and we'd wear them out fairly fast. And um, back then as well, which is gone kind of which few people will remember, was the green sheet stamps. <laughs> Do <you> remember them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Explain them to people who don't know what you're talking about. Right, long ago when the, mother, the father used to, get, when he used to have a car, he'd get petrol and every time we would buy petrol he'd get a lot of green sea stamps so he put me in the book they would get a book a savings book with him but what we used to we used rob the books <laughs> and we go down to the green sea stamp shop in the quay where the Continental hotel used to be that's right yeah,
1: yeah I remember the building
12: yeah yeah and we'd get the the reason there then for, for the book but so it you- was very dear because the rod, that, we, that time was only fifty, and we'd buy we'd get, used to get 15 pence a pound for the mullet so you'd have to catch a lot of mullet to get a reel.
1: That's amazing. I and remember the green shield We'd have a small
12: rod in as well. We'd have a small solid rod that was about five foot. I suppose and something back now when I was that size. The rod would about four or five foot long, but you'd have to be strong, so when you whip for the fish, the rod wouldn't break. It wouldn't bend, so to pull the hooks into the fish, you know? Oh, God.
2: Uh,
12: uh. But, um, we would the ones that this the, 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 the fish out in the middle of the shore, like some mullet. Like during that time, um, night, when the summer would come in May, not like today, the river would turn a pale, kind of a yellowy green colour. Every year to be like out there for about four or five months and you could see all the fish coming. Like, oh my God, a few saw it like. It's a pity you didn't have cameras back then. But the, the, you just see this big black mass here, the size of a car, right? Yeah. Down at half a car. This black mass would become up the river and right in the middle of that black mass, mass would be pale looking fish. And that would be the salmon coming up, and they'd have on the mullet that's so how smart they are, like, they come up in the middle of the shoal, Amazing. so they'd be safe to get up to the grounds.
1: How would they know that
12: they were at risk, though? It's just, it's well, nature, modern nature. Because that... You, them, you see the fish at the front of the shoal or the centre, at the back of the shoal, he'd always be in around the centre. It's like as if they knew.
1: On the cover of the other fish.
12: Unfortunately, no, yeah. He thinks that, but we know he wasn't because he was a different colour. And he was a kind of a, he, for all of the potential processes, he was like a salmon colour.
1: And how did you get at him?
12: No problem. You would cast into the shore and bring the hooks up and whip. Never missed him.
1: And these were salmon that were going up the lee to spawn baby salmon?
12: Yeah. Well, you could put it two ways, Neil. There were the salmon that, sailed, that got out of the nets in the sea. Out of the nets in the estuaries, when they fished, which is still going on, put the nets across the river Lee and catch a salmon and down by Black Rock. Yeah, and we caught the odd one there coming up in the shore. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I'm, I'm, I'm not.
12: You know, so I'm not judging you. I'm just they, trying to get a picture they, as to, you know. Yeah, but the lampers, they got that man was talking about there. would go the lamp. Like the Congos, you wouldn't have it in the Lee, but the lampers were one horrible looking eel. But they kill the fish as well. They, they lock onto them and suck them, suck the blood out of them. You know.
1: So, was there a lot more salmon oh,
12: on the Jesus, Lee? Oh, no, every couple of minutes for the whole summer. Say by comparison to now? Nothing, no. Uh, you could stand, like you could see people long ago at that time standing on the bridges watching all the shoals coming up in the summer. Just one shoal after another shoal, every five or ten minutes.
1: And forgive me now, but oh, those shows that one would see from the Lee, and I, and I did see shows of fish as a the young fella. They were mullet.
12: Were mullet, yeah. 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 And then you'd have the, you'd have the, 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 the sea trout coming up then as well. They were beautiful as well. Beautiful colours.
1: And w- you wouldn't see that now?
12: No, you can't see it now. Because the rivers have changed colour. It was probably all the storm. It's ongoing. But since they, they would start to doing the storage and clean up the water, it doesn't go green anymore. The algae doesn't come into anymore as much as it used to, So it stays black all your own now.
1: And w- in, in those days when you and many of your pals would do that, was there ever any accidents or drowning
12: or people get Whoa. into trouble? Never. So we could have you could have the old bailiff catching the all right, but there was only three that time. We know no man. And you did the odd girl, but it's, it, see, there was no one around that time. Near, no, the but time I was the time worried that young for, did, down for down. did any young for slip in the water and drown or anything? No, never. Not in my time. Never, and we used to run across Vincent's Bridge. The one next to the old distillery. Yeah. We'd run across that, we wouldn't even be looking where we'd be running. No one ever fell off that bridge. And if there was a fish hiding underneath it, then we came in underneath it, across the bar. That's
1: just near the bend there, around um, by the mercy.
12: Yeah, just on the, the end of the sun, uh, sun as well, hill. Yeah, yeah. And then we do all the early bridges, we'd We on top of that as well. And we wouldn't need follow them because you had the, the gather barracks and the old man. But did you ever
1: get caught by
12: a bailiff and chased for the salmon, Oh right? yeah, plenty times. <laughs> Twenty times. Up Sun as well. I had to hop on the back of a hundred fifty one night. What? And the fish hanging, and you're hanging off the back. Of the might going up the hill. You imagine that slope now you're trying to hang on with one hand <laughs> It could be an
1: episode for the young offenders, you know.
12: <laughs> oh, to be, I tell you, no, it, it takes me back when they see Even it's modern, Some of the things that they do, yeah, we did it when we were young, you know. But there was no TV no on a big scale like there is today, and there was no messing. And if you could walk through Cork 2 o'clock in the morning, and unless you find it not drunk, one or two drunk lads, you'd have no hassle like like I just travelled from Greenmount across the Glarney Street and up the north side and never ever had a problem, you know. You couldn't do that today. Yeah, yeah. First thing I think if no were at home, my wife would be get a taxi.
1: Yeah, get home safe, get a taxi, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
12: yeah, yeah. You know. So you don't fish anymore now? At that time, I, walked, I don't work in Cock anymore and I work up the country, so I don't have um, the time, tell the truth, and my wife isn't well done either, so when I get home the weekends, we spend as much time as we can together before and am again on Sunday night, you know?
1: Well, it's lovely talking to you, Mark. It really intruly is. No Neil.
12: Mean, we might have a chat, because I'll direct Ashley-Anthel one the that knows you. And I say to him. Would you mind? Yeah, he's he's been on the show a few times. So. All right,
1: I'd look forward to that. All right, yeah, no see, see if we can get a bit of a get together. See how people are. Appreciate yeah. that. Cheers, That's Mark. Good. Lovely That's talking right, to man. you. Lovely
0: talking to you. Take all care. Credit. Take care. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. He's
1: all very well to be looking at daily counts like 46 new cases of testing positive yesterday. Uh, no new deaths, which is great news, and everybody's very cautious about you know how many restrictions should be lifted. It certainly looks as if the wedding restrictions won't be lifted. Um, there may well be, um, a little more breathing space for, uh, sports get-togethers like GA and stuff. There'll be a lot of bigger crowds, maybe up to 500 to attend sporting events. But anybody planning a late summer wedding, um, you know, it doesn't look as if you're going to get any change there. It's 50, including staff, I believe, and they figure that that's going to remain in place. Some are saying that it should be up to a, up to 100 and maybe 100 guests, not including staff. But it doesn't look likely that that's going to change. Um, certainly not in the, uh, you know, uh, next couple of weeks because everybody's very touchy-feely what could happen with pubs incidentally is that there could be uh, restricted opening times yeah and then restricted numbers in the pubs where you yeah, physical distancing will be observed uh, opening hours will be curtailed somewhat and then some of the thought then is that rural pubs would be treated differently to urban pubs because they're smaller rural communities country pubs, if you like. So there's going to be a lot of things needed to be teased out, because a lot of politicians within the parties want the pubs to open, because the constituencies wanted to happen. So I wonder how many of them will be actually listened to. We'll have to wait and see. Those traffic problems down east, um, you know, we started this morning on about Six o'clock. They're continuing even as we speak. Eddie English was in touch to say the traffic is still backed up to Belle Valley in Cove. So there have been problems there. Morning. I've been fishing the lee at the King's Weir for 20 years. And I can honestly say that the fishery officers that patrol that area are not playing ball. I've seen it every year, the tactics they use to handle the situations. Young boys and girls are being harassed daily now. i fished in many countries. Sorry. i fished in many counties in Ireland. And I've met fishery officers in all of them. And they were so helpful. Plenty of good information from them. And most of all, good humored and good mannered. But the cork fishery officers think and act differently. So thank you for that. Um, it's certainly, it's certainly relevant to us because it, for many, it's part of the tradition of the Lee and has been for generations handed down from father to son. I think Mark told it very well there a few minutes ago. But somebody, is it not cruel to catch a fish and throw it back with a big hole in its head from a hook? Perhaps you could clarify that well i can't i can 't add any more add any more to what you 've just said i mean i I have a rib and I have rods, and many people are saying you should be fishing off the rib you catch lotion i don't, i i don't want to be the one catching the fish, having to pull the hook out of his mouth and worrying about its pain, but at the same time, I eat fish, so i 'm the wrong person to be teasing that out with. I can tell you that. But anyway, thanks for those contributions. Keep them coming. Text 086814106. And with regards to Friday's program, when Mick Muller was reading out um, uh, an email, a communication from a lady who was lonely, she said, I'm 52 years old next year and I've absolutely no friends. I have acquaintances, but nobody wants to go for a drink with me or go to the pictures with me. My husband of 11 years is a homebody and doesn't want to go out anywhere as he's always tired, goes to bed at 10 p.m. I'm going mad with the loneliness and I'm becoming desperately sad. And he knows this, but he won't entertain the thought of us going out at night. I've often asked women I know if they'd like to go for coffee sometimes, but i am always met with a, yes, we will. But nothing happens, despite asking, um, when are you free? The rejection of my old friends is very hard to take. I had no party for my 50th. I got no flowers, got one card, no phone calls, and I wasn't even taken out for a meal. One person I know on Facebook had five different events for her birthday, her 50th, and that hit me hard. No one asked me out for drinks to celebrate. I'm a nice woman, friendly to everyone. I've been a shoulder to cry on for many people over the years. I have no children or family as well, so I really have nobody to turn to. So despite the depression and anxiety, I'm still a bubbly, kind, quick-witted, and very considerate of others, and I will do anything for anyone. Um, My customers love me as I'm so cheerful and friendly, but this sadness that has crept into my daily life. Uh, In fact, it's fair to say that disappointment has ruled my life. I try to make the best of it, but it's becoming more difficult as I get older. Is this what it's going to be like for the rest of my life? I've joined night classes and craft groups. There always seems to be a clique in them. I'm not looking for sympathy here. I just need some advice on what the hell on earth I can do Uh, and maybe other people who have been in the same situation as me. Thanks for reading this, as I feel a bit better getting it off my chest. So, there was a lot of response to this on Friday, and I I believe that uh, Mick may have run out of time. So I just wanted to pick up, just briefly, if I could, on some text that came in following that letter on Friday. You should suggest that lady may be volunteering with the CSPCA to walk dogs. She seems to love animals. She could bond with others. If she joins this group, she could attend uh, meetups in Cork. Um, I've met many people, still in contact with them many years through these groups, because I also found it hard to make friends when I came back from travelling when I was in my 20s. I'm 30 now, I still find it hard to find friends, but I'm happy to have a couple of good friends, and I met them through the CSPCA. Uh, The letter writer broke my heart. For one, her husband seems a bit off if he can't have a social life with his wife and given that the lack of a social life has left her feeling lonely he should do better of course he should and he should be making more of an effort but you got, she doesn't say as to why he's not making more was, I mean was he always like this you know or did he just turn this way with age or he just became as she called him a homebody doesn't want to go anywhere doesn't want to be with anybody is always tired and goes to bed at 10 o'clock she should start volunteering more uh, somebody else suggested my local GA club. There are a lot of women in their 40s, 50s and 60s. And the local GA club is their lifeline. They have a variety of young and old friends. A good combo. Maybe not just the GAA, but any sports clubs or any society where people are volunteering. It brings them together. Another one. The lady in her 50s who's lonely and finding it hard to make friends. I would love to contact her to meet for a coffee or to send her a card. Hopefully we can help this lady out um, that uh, my heart goes out to the ladies who, whose email was read on Friday. I turned 50 in December and I'm recently divorced. I have a small circle of friends and we're always there for each other. I work full time, but I would like to meet up with her for a coffee and a chat sometime. I know that the lads will pass on, you know, all of the details from people who have been in touch to... um leona if she wishes to catch up with you. Uh, I've just seen your post, which you put online, regarding the lady finding it difficult to find friends due to her anxiety. I, I don't know that any anxiety was mentioned in the email. I, I didn't see that. I mean, she's lonely and desperately sad. Uh, but I'd like to offer my phone number and maybe invite to our community workshop for a copy, coffee and a chat. We're based in Middleton and we cater for anybody over the age of 18. Many people then, I saw lots of text of people suggesting doggy groups. Get yourself a dog. Um, I mean, I noticed that actually walking Jack way back in the day. Loads of people that would normally just walk right past you and you have a cute dog that tend to stop. I want to have a bit of a canoodle with dog and one thing leads to another and conversations talk start. Anyway, many people offering to catch up for a chat and what have you and have a cup of coffee. Lovely woman, I'd love to meet her for a drink or a cup of coffee, but I can't. I'm married to a lovely woman for 29 years, but I hope that she finds happiness. I'm not too impressed with their husband, though, says Patrick. Well, Patrick, you and me both, pal. You and me both. So that's just a selection of some of the texts, and there are reams of other ones which we badly pass on. I think even, you know, passing on the texts and the phone numbers to Leona might make her feel a bit more confident in herself. I'll come back to that if there are updates on it. On one eight fifty one zero four one zero six, you can text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six Now... Um, talk to me about this, actually, because I actually this is news to me. Um, I don't know whether this was posted online originally or how it came across our desk. Um, I believe it started with an email who says and this is another marriage related topic. Actually, Andrew, uh, he says, I'm in a predicament. I've been carrying this with me for the past few weeks and I don't know what to do or who to turn to. I've been with my wife for 14 years, married for 10 During lockdown, I discovered she is expecting a baby, but I'm not sure if it's mine. Last year, we were experiencing a rough patch, decided to take a break. On our break, we were both experimenting and being with other people, and I had a fling and knew that she did too. In the middle of March, in the light of the coronavirus scare, we decided to move back together and carry on our relationship. We found out recently she's pregnant Having a baby and the doctor says she's three months pregnant. I don't know if I'm the baby's father as the child could be with this other lad. I still love her. I feel a fool. I'd feel a fool if the child wasn't mine. In the past month, I've started to doubt that I may be the father. I'm getting increasingly angry as she's telling my friends and family the child is ours despite this uncertainty. I fear, I fear once the baby is born, people will start talking when the child looks nothing like me. I'm afraid to ask for a paternity test in fear of maybe losing my wife forever. Yeah, should I tell people the truth, even though it means I continue living a possible lie? So I'm only, I'm only just back this morning. So I'm only seeing that for the first time, but I know the lads had it over the weekend. I mean, like clearly you would do the maths on something like this, wouldn't you? You try and work out last time you had sex. How far gone your wife is, and try, I don't know. Try and work it out from there, Vania. Good morning.
13: Hello. Good morning.
1: H- help me out here, will you? Like, surely you do the maths on it, yeah?
13: Well, I, I, to be honest, at the first sight, it was not my first thought on it. But then, after reading other other, other listeners' uh, comments, I was thinking, yeah, probably it's most likely it's his child, like because three months were now August, yeah. So he had it. He had to be during the lockdown. You know, it couldn't be. And according to Andrew, it was before that they were kind of like if they got, got know, back
1: together in March. Right. And were. he's writing to me now in the back end of July, early August. And his wife is three months gone. April, May, June, July. august It's his baby.
13: It has to be his baby. But what actually surprised me the most in all this uh, drama of this was the fact that, OK, I won't judge him for the fact that he's exposing this particular issue on social media. And I won't judge the fact that they were taking a break because that's up to them. But the fact that they were taking a break and not using any kind of contraception, that really scared me. I mean, they are together for 10, 10 14 years or something. 14 years yeah,
1: together but do, we, do we know that there wasn't uh, precautions
13: taken? We do. We don't know, but see, that's the that's the point. There's this questioning if it's his son. Let's say apathetically, if she actually got pregnant from another lad while they were on break, I would consider like getting myself an uh, an STD checkup. I think
1: um, I do know way back in the dark ages of people who did break up, did come back together, and both agreed to an STD test.
13: Yeah, so we don't know that information, or, or it, you know, maybe they did it, but I suppose with all the lockdown, I'm assuming that all that service was on, on hold as well, you know, with all the services. But that's what actually struck me was like, okay, the child is, could, could be an issue. Hypothetically, if it's not his child, which most likely is, I say 99%, it is his child. But if it's not, even the fact that that wasn't brought up, it, it, it's actually by a, a bit scary in the sense that were they fooling around? That's no problem; it's their business. But were they not wearing protection while they're still on it? That's very serious, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know
1: what amazing. I mean?
10: We're,
13: we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic, talking about uh, hygienic measures, and here we go: these people not even wear condoms or whatever they, they use to contracept or you know to protect themselves from other diseases. You know what I mean? So that was kind of my first issue. I, I thought, I think you should have a conversation with his wife. You know, fairness. You know, just bring it into the table, or even just use even the whole COVID situation now this is very often at the table but like just bring all the covid situation about people being be cautious these days and just brought into a to the you know taking precaution while you're having sex or something like that and there is ways to go around of course you couldn't see the S directly did you wear a condom while you fooling around you know you couldn't do that really but I suppose if oh you mean you, they,
1: they couldn't ask each other that you're saying did you use well, protection said. while we were apart
13: I think there was a way. Like, if, if if there was a doubt about him being the father of the child, I think there was a way for him to find out. Because if there was precautions, he certainly is the father. Do you know, if he got to the bottom of that question, okay, so you use condoms, so he has to be my child. But you know, from the comments I read as well, some people were saying he's looking for a way out. But I don't know this person, I couldn't tell it um, because they're together for a long time. And obviously, I think he's thirty something, so they probably their high school sweethearts or some you know some sort of thing. So you wonder as well: Are they? You know, is an excuse, or is it, re- is it really doubtful about the baby? You know, it's all you know. You see, about
1: yeah, I understand what you're talking about. Is sexually transmitted diseases, and that's very important when they're apart. You know, um, mm-hmm. but like. I, I just think that this, this is, it's a, kind of a no-brainer to me, unless she was sleeping with the two of them for a period of time, and I don't mean to say that in any demeaning way, he could also have been, you know, they could have got back together again and still be sleeping with extra partners, I don't know, you but, know it, yeah, yeah. but if they got back together in the middle of March, right, and he's, even if he's known for the last month or, or whatever, it, the, the numbers still would dictate that it's his child
13: he has to be his child exactly like, I mean, like, like, why
1: doesn't he see that though like why is he in a predicament at all
13: well I don't know maybe he's just bored during the pandemic <laughs> I, do. I don't know it's just when people started calculating and everyone was like well, sure it has to be a child because three months ago you'd still be together unless like we're saying they were still fooling around with you know each other's knowledge um, but again it goes back like to all this, of April this,
1: they were together
13: Yes, it has to be his child so i I just I don't know how I don't know maybe maybe he's, he's not uh, exposing the matter properly you know, but from according to what he said in the email, it's twelve weeks, three months, so that will bring us down in April, is it yeah so yes, it has to be his child like you know it 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 doesn't make much sense
1: so his worry is that he fears once the baby is born, people will start talking when the child looks nothing like me but sure, well, some people have children and they don't look like them, but they're still theirs.
13: Uh, I, I know this particular girl she has a child and uh, she, he looks nothing like his father now he is the father we know that yeah, but he that looks because her uh, genetic is just stronger it's just a dominant genetic and it's going to okay. do you know what I mean like, like
1: you can never tell what people's perception of what a child looks like have you have you children I do I have a, a 5 month old ok well, when that child grows up or maybe it's happening now you will have people saying like I have it all the time with my, my son and my daughter there's people out there think that one looks like me and the other looks like their mother and then others think opposite.
13: Oh, yeah, I have the same. I have the same people. I like my father and yeah, it's the same.
1: Yeah. What? not what, that the weirdest thing? Why doesn't everybody see the same thing in a child? They don't.
13: It, actually, it's an individual perception yourself. It's not really... Now, I, I myself, I, I think I look like my father, but this is, this is my perception. People say, oh, no, no, you're the image of your mother. That's and, the thing. You
1: know, That's the thing. Okay, I'm going to read out some of those texts because there are many, but from where I'm sitting, you're more interested in the STD aspect, but I think we're agreed on one thing. Do the maths. It's your child. Oh,
13: yeah. Oh, definitely. But I, I thought it was interesting to bring it up just because important, you know, the importance of contraception, uh, STD, especially in the middle of a pandemic. You I know, know, what,
1: I mean? I know <laughs> so, what you're saying. Good talk. Good to talk. Thanks, Vania. Take care. Nope,
13: thanks. Mike. Considering
1: you were both okay with seeing other people during the breakdown, and it's a known fact that both of you had been with other people during that time, then it should also be an open discussion whether you are the child's father or not. Wanting to be sure that you are the father of the child is not an insult to your partner, and you're within your rights to ask the question. Both you and the child deserve to know whether or not you are the father. Otherwise, it will eat away at your marriage if you always have a question mark in your mind. I suppose uh, you could always have a DNA test somewhere down the track, I guess. Uh, I have two kids who are mine and look nothing like me, says Ryan. If you love your wife and you want a family, love the baby. It's a teeny little human that will adore you if you adore and look after them. DNA only means something if you let it mean something. Helen says, I'm sure she would understand seeing as you are both on a break and have both been honest about being with others. Just get a paternity test as soon as the baby is born for peace of mind. But if you move back in together at the start of lockdown in March and she's three months pregnant, I'm sure it's safe to say that you are the father if you've done the maths correctly. Unless she's been sleeping around during lockdown, then maybe it's not yours. There's many more like that. Come back after these.
9: The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open
2: after midday,
13: 1850-104-106.
1: And just before quitting time today, we'll open the phone lines for some of our vouchers for the Oriel House Hotel, Bar and Bistro, because some of them also will go to people who've been on air, people who've texted and people who came on, like Mark, for instance, on his lovely reminisce about fishing on the lee. He'll get uh, uh, a couple for uh, lunch. you will get a voucher for lunch. And Vanny will get one as well for her country On Andrew's predicament. So keep those calls and texts coming. We have 50 euro bar and bistro vouchers every day this week for the Oriel House Hotel, Bar and Bistro. Um, They've got a new in house or takeaway menu there, lads, and uh, you'll dine safe in their spacious indoor surroundings. They also have an outdoor covered courtyard. All right, and they do cocktails and all sorts of things like that. If you do want to check them out, advanced booking is recommended. You'll get further details online, OrielHouseHotel.ie. So for the other vouchers, I'll open the phone lines. uh, just before midday and away we go on pubs and uh, it could well be D-Day today for pubs that haven't been able to open uh, up until now. It's a joke that pubs can open but it's okay to send children back to school on buses filled to capacity is it? There's no two meters or even one meter distancing in the buses but people expect schools to adhere to two meters social distancing. I fully agree children should go back to school but this government's a joke they maintain distance when it suits them uh, go back to full capacity in the doll and let people see how safe it is. Uh, okay, well, that's an opinion you're entitled to. A closed publican. I was disgusted by what I saw on prime time last week regarding the pubs in Dublin. Some pubs near the doll are ignoring the guidelines and protocol for pubs serving food. The mintners should now seek to have all of these places closed immediately. Uh, John says the question everyone seems to be avoiding is if the pubs don't open because of a spike in COVID, then what should close? because of the spike in COVID. Wow, that's an excellent text. That's serious food for thought. Will we be going backwards again? Close the off-licenses. Open the pubs. Too much cheap alcohol can be bought in the off-licenses. This is what fuels house parties. Supermarkets are not dependent on alcohol sales. Pubs are. And one final one. Why did the government not close those pubs in Dublin recently instead of actually creating the drama of making people serve them a pint without food? Uh, Also, why was it only done in Dublin? Uh, given the past carry-on after Phase 2 up there, the rest of us are going be made to pay for it. Well, that's always going to be the way when you have many, many people gathering in big cities. Any updates with regards to traffic on the N25? Well, it's been at a standstill for the longest time, all morning. Another one in here now saying I'm just beyond Midland, heading towards Carrick Tool. I've been here for over an hour, says Caroline. Well, Seamus did get here. Uh, and he's he's here and has been for about. Have you got a set of headphones there? Because I'm just curious as to whether or not this problem with uh, what happened this morning down there is still ongoing. Do you have an update on that? Any information as to what's been happening over the last hour or two? Is it still is it still crawling down there? Hang on, I'm just getting on talk back there. Just open the mic. So, yeah, Mark will set you up
7: backed up the road is still closed off Um, cars are crawling I have people stuck in Middleton Uh, my own wife was looking at uh, leaving to head to work and drop the the child off to creche and uh, they just can't get anywhere how did you get through then eventually this morning I crawled it was basically what happened was um, once I got to the slip road there for Cove Cross and went over the bridge. It was easy. It was just easy from there through downtown village. But uh, when I going over the bridge when I, when I look towards Middleton you can just see the queues and queues of traffic then look behind me and you could see the queues trying to go into, uh, into Cove come out of Cove um, and I think Ed English was on to us there earlier as well he said it's backed up to Belle Valley Bridge so I was and that, that traffic's coming from Middleton it's coming from east Coming, uh, it, it's coming east yeah heading, heading to the city and it's, the, the road is just still closed off um, they, and I, w- your assessment of it was all of this handled correctly? Do you believe? Well, it it broke it broke early this morning. It's at, at uh, about five to six. The uh, the truck went on fire, so I I believe they, well they, the emergency service services dealt with it brilliantly but I think they're, they're, because the uh, amount of traffic that, that's on the roads after the bank holiday a lot of people may have taken an extra few days off and are now heading home um, so it could be tourists uh, trying, to, trying to get back home and also businesses reopening as well after the bank holiday weekend okay. Okay. Um, but I was telling the wife to stay, stay put till at least midday but it looks as if she's going to have to stay at home all day crazy
1: isn't it but this was a tanker truck of fuel, wasn't it? It was, it was. And it, it was on fire?
7: It was on fire. Ah, okay, bear it in mind, okay. You
1: are on the side of caution. So it's still going on and many people are still texting me and have been all morning. And here we are now nearly at 10 minutes to midday. So my heart goes out to you. I know it's a head wreck when you're stuck in traffic like that. Um, if And this is Andrew's predicament as to whether the child uh, is his or not. Um, some people are saying there's an awful lot more Uh, to a baby um, and being a father than 10 cc's of sperm which is an interesting perspective on it if uh, the said person is having this amount of uncertainty then it needs to be addressed otherwise his mental health will suffer dramatically it's best to be open with your partner now uh, so you can address those feelings together if your partner doesn't like what's being said and the unimaginable for the said person happens by splitting up then hearts heal and a paternity test can be done at a later stage You have to be happy in your relationship to be happy in yourself. So ask the question. Sarah says, it was okay for this guy to seek other relationships, but she's being penalized for doing the same thing uh, at the same time. It is double standards in my opinion. By his logic, she slept with someone within two weeks of getting back together in March, is it? Give your wife some bloody credit. Accept the situation or separate today. It is best that she moves on with her life. You are not worth her heart. If you question her loyalty to you, she chose to get back with you, but it seems you want a way out. Sarah is suggesting that Andrew feels that maybe after they got back together again, his wife and partner continued to sleep with another man. And that is his worrying aspect to all of this story. Maria says, my advice would be that maybe you can accept that the baby is part of this girl. You say you love her. If you can't live with that, then leave. You were both adults when you decided to have an open relationship. Don't mess up this girl and her baby's life by staying with them and holding it against them for the rest of their lives. Mind you, many people are texting here talking about doing the maths Rachel says if she's three months pregnant and you moved back in March and she wasn't with anyone else since you got back together again well then of course the baby is yours but the fact that you both messed about before lockdown has messed up your trust in each other it's now blurring the vision in your head of what lies ahead many more like that which I might pick up on again in the morning. Okay, so I'm going to hold on to a couple of those uh, vouchers, as I suggested, for some of our contributors this morning. Hold on to three for three callers and texters, and three now by phone on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 106 These are 50 euro vouchers for the Oriel House Hotel Bar and bistro in Balancholic, So get dialing for those now. 1 uh, 850 Back after the break.
0: Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 04 Red FM.
1: All right, great stuff coming in this morning. Oh, this is hell. It must have been awful. Avril said, I just came through the tunnel. And this came in at a quarter to midday. I just came through the tunnel. I left y'all at 20 to 8 this morning. It only took me four hours. Amazing, isn't it? I mean, that's what happens when things go wrong. Does anybody think that if, if, for instance, the pubs were reopening, would that mean that there would be less home drinking, right? And an awful lot less grief and tension and misery? Or would it have any effect? I'm just wondering, you know, in a controlled environment where there was limited amounts of people left into the pubs, like, you know, because right now there does seem to be an awful lot of vagueness In, you know, the amount of people who are going to pubs, having something to eat and how much they're drinking and not getting (laughs) COVID-19. And that if you went into a pub and you had a couple of pints or whatever the case may be and you stayed away from people and you sat where you were told to, like, would you get COVID-19? You know what I mean? And I mention that actually because uh, I do from time to time receive uh, emails and correspondence from people who are going through hell at home. Uh, because of drink. And this particular lady was a woman who got in touch with me before I went on holiday. She said, I'm a mother of two absolutely amazing children. We unfortunately are dealing uh, with their father's addiction. He was a huge part of their lives and a great dad. But this is until about three years ago. So this isn't COVID related as such. She says, to say what my children are going through on a daily basis is absolutely devastating. And that would be if I were just to say that doing them an injustice because it's way bigger than that. It's heartbreaking to see them pleading with their father to be part of their lives, um, offering him support, telling him they love him no matter what, telling him to take every day as it comes, and they believe in him and know that he can do it, but they only receive abusive messages back. How can a teenager study for and complete exams while being rejected by his father? How can a child comprehend her dad being a huge part of her life and then one one day disappears? How do I, as a mother, guide them through this? Like any mother, I live for my kids and I will do anything and everything to get them through this. But I'm not trained to know what to do. I'm only making it up as I go along and hoping that what I'm doing is right. But the massive guilt I fear for feel for my children is tearing me apart. My children lose out on things, and have to make do because their father spends his money on his addiction, and he, we struggle to get by, even though I work full-time. They need counselling because I can't afford it. There's a huge weight. Who, the counsellors, don't get me wrong, are absolutely amazing, but again, it's a result of addiction and us only randomly receiving money from their dad. Uh, we go for months at a time with nothing. I can't afford to go privately, so my children have to wait. I pay a mortgage, a car loan, everything else, so there's never anything left at the end of any week. I rarely go out, and that doesn't bother me one tiny bit, but I hate my children losing out. You actually can't understand how amazing and caring these two gyms are and how they cope with what they go through every day. They make me amazingly proud every day. We all have unbelievable down days, and we also have good days, but life is tough, and it's hard because the only person who can make this better is not ready to make that change. So we have to wait and wonder if it will ever get better. It's never ending and there's no closure for the kids. They're left wondering if maybe one day he will want back into their lives. Uh, listening to you recently, it was amazing to hear the stories of those guys who got clean from their addictions. It's such a massive achievement. I wish them so well. And everyone else who tries to get clean, I wish them the very best. But when trying to explain addiction, I've always told my children that no one wants to be an addict. It's not a choice. It's a disease. And I firmly believe that. Once you're in it, you have to be a very strong person to get back out. I know how hard it must be for addicts. I just want to highlight the other side. The devastation caused in our house is ongoing daily and the battles we go through and have no choice but to go through them. Even though we, as a wife, a mother and children, have actually done nothing wrong. I would still support my ex if he chose to get help. And I would never stop seeing him, seeing our kids. Once it's safe for them, over the past three years, he's been seeing them about five times. And they then get their hopes up that he's back, but then he's gone again. And the emotional abuse starts all over again. I always worry that the, the fall after the high of having him back will push them over the edge because it becomes so hard for them to deal with it every time it gets worse. And we as a family have always offered him help and have always been there, but have the help thrown back in our face too often. Now, I have a wish list, and one of the wishes is to meet you for a cuppa and to talk about it more. This email is only a drop in the ocean of what our sea of our life actually is. Sea spelled S-E-A. I'm just after crying a sea of tears, so it's time to go. Or my phone will have water damage. Take care. Thank you for that. There's very little more I can add to it. I mean, I think it's it's down to him, actually. And they often say that you have to hit rock bottom before you can pick yourself back up again. And I'm not so sure that he has just yet. I hope he does hit rock bottom before it's too late, and then picks himself up again. So we'll come back to that and lots more besides in the morning. But just finally before I go, Kay, Kay good morning. Good morning. Are you you worried about the cleanliness of restaurants? Then is it
14: very much so? Yeah. Why? Um, well, I it was just uh, three weeks ago. I think and myself and my daughter went for lunch and um, we had a table booked. So when we went to the restaurant, there was a lot of people eating outdoors. So there didn't appear to be a table free outdoors, so we went to the door, and there was a human rope across the door, and one of the guys uh, came out. We said we had a reservation. We said fine. So um, we went in, and it's quite a big establishment, and there was three tables um, in a row. And there was two people to our right and two people to our left. Now, there was plenty of distance between us. There was no problem. Mm. So we sat down and um, the waiter came over and said, you know, do we want drinks? And we just ordered water because we were both driving. So um, he then brought over a menu, menus to us.
1: So where's the problem? I don't see any problems so far.
14: Well, for starters, um, he had no gloves on him, right? I don't know who was handling the menus prior to us. So um, he gave us the menus anyway, and I said, look, just look at it. So then um, we ordered our meals. We both had different things to eat. And um, we just had coffee afterwards, and we left. But prior to that, um, there was two gentlemen to our right, and um, they left. So they cleared off the table, and they wiped down the table. They took the condiments off the table and just wiped those. Never wiped the chairs. Nothing. Just the top of the table. That was it.
1: What was the table cleaned with? A cloth. Mm, there was no disinfectant or sprays used.
14: Um, there they may have been a spray. You know, I, I, I can't honestly say that there wasn't, but I, I actually don't remember. But nobody had masks on. Nobody had gloves on, which I thought was, you know, they're they're handling and preparing food, serving food. And um, I just thought it was—it just wasn't um, appropriate the way it was carried out, and certainly the way they cleaned up after those two people. You know, they, they're kind of left the chairs, and I was going, "Oh my god!" You know. So, um, and also, it's, it's, both of us were ill. Now, neither of us knew. Either one of us were ill. But we were, and um, we both had completely different things to eat.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, that could be more to do with food, the food you ate as opposed to COVID, because it would take a few days before you oh, get a COVID I'm t- laughing
14: for a second to pick that up. But what I'm talking about is the, the lack of cleanliness. Now, there's only six people in there, you know. So surely good there's a goodness, you know, if they're coming over to your table, they could wear gloves and wear a mask, you know. They're breathing over you, they're breathing over your food. Which, it's it's, it's
1: not right. Whatever goes on in the kitchen is bad enough, you can't see it. Okay, I'll pick pick up on this in the morning, I promise you that, because I'd like to get other people's conversations on who's wearing masks and who's not, who's wearing gloves and who's not disinfecting tables. I'm out of time for now, but I would encourage people to get in touch. I haven't been around Cork for the past couple of weeks, so I don't know what's happening. I can talk a little bit more in the morning if people want me to uh, about what I observed up the west with regards to masks and gloves and tables and disinfecting and stuff like that. But let's see what people make of it. Say, okay, I'm out of time for now. For now, but I'll okay. pick it up in the morning. Okay. Okay. Appreciate okay. that. Like some people, some people have been asking me already this morning about different aspects of what I did, and I posted an awful lot of photographs up on my Instagram page. I'm slow to rattle and prattle on about my holidays, but I see people asking questions about my trip up uh, the stairway to heaven walk that I did in the mist. Um, if you want me to talk some more about that in the morning, I will text 868 104 and I can let you know how I got on. But if you want to see some of my travels, it's on my Instagram page. Uh, go follow if you so wish. Lines will stay open at one 850 You can text 868 Have a day and I will see you in the morning.